Hi, this is Larry Boy. Today's episode of The Trail Show is brought to you by Casper and HelloFresh. With Casper and HelloFresh, it's easier than ever for your family to serve you breakfast in bed so you don't even have to move, you lazy sack of Never get out of bed, never go hiking, and never listen to The Trail Show. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody fiesta? It's the trail show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell a funny pop if you got some of them little brandy out in a little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. What was that? Uh, <laughs> I was going to scream into the mic and then I decided against. Broadcasting live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show, and we are live deep in the chambers of the Trail Show legal department. (laughs) (laughs) The equivalent of the deep state, but Trail Show. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in 150 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, and at thetrailshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special announcement tonight. <gasps> special trail Do we, show we have some breaking news? Is this breaking what? news? No, no, no. It's, oh. it's a special announcement. Okay. I suppose it could be breaking news, too. You know him as Out of Order. We call him Triple O. <laughs> and he is now officially a trail show co-host and trail show legal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Trail show legal. Yeah, you should have read the fine print, dude. I need to see that contract again. What? I thought that's what we agreed on. Like, Yeah, it was a verbal contract. And then we whispered, and you're the lawyer. <laughs> Does this mean I, I no longer will go hiking on long trails? Hey, man. Hey, you know, I know it's been insinuated that we're a bunch of retired long-distance hikers, but... You don't have to retire just because you're well, a Well, just did the Arizona co-host. Trail last year. That's what true. did you do last year? Uh, <laughs> I finished hiking across Europe. Uh-huh. <laughs> what have you done in the last 12 months? <clears throat> I have tried my best to become an actual legal member. <laughs> okay, there we go. So you were already retired. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's how we welcome you Ooh, to the Trail yeah. Show, Triple uh, O. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess it's good to be here. <laughs> you, you guess you're not so sure. So Triple O is an official member of the Trail Show. So yeah, he he's now has an email you can send all of your hate mail to, yeah. which is out of order at thetrailshow dot com. I think so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, out of order at trailshow dot com. If if that doesn't get to me, just send it to someone else. <laughs> and we're also gonna remove. Uh, CCD we're gonna redirect legal at thetrailshow dot com. It used to go to Buck Thirty, but yeah. now it's gonna go to you. So you're fired, Buck Thirty. You're out. <laughs> oh, we fired him long ago. I know. I mean, legal, but not actually legal at this point. But we'll see. Maybe in the next five to six well, months, we can be an official. But thirty is an accountant, so yeah. Well, maybe we'll call it legal. <laughs> legal. <laughs> legal at the trail Sorry? show. Legal with a question mark. Yeah, yeah I like it. It'll, it'll get there, maybe. 
All right, also back in studio this month to answer some trail nutrition questions is Katie Salty Gerber. Yes, Ooh. can't wait for our salty snack. That's right. I'm happy Excellent. to be back. And he was taping a special across the hall in studio this month to talk about the Colorado 14ers initiative. We have the development and communications coordinator for CFI, Mr. Brian Sargent. Arriba, 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 tata. Bienvenido. Hello. Thanks for salutations. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We look forward to picking your brain about all the good things CFI is doing tonight. For sure. And he brought trucker hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, PUD, let's set the table. All right. We've got a big show tonight. We have multiple audio clips, which is pretty, pretty fun. Um, we've got lots of uh, trips to talk about because there's a lot of us in this room. And let's see what else. We're going to uh, feature the Sunshine Coast Trail, which was previously mentioned in a listener uh, letter. It was like two or three pages long. Yeah, it was the gal that hikes it every Thanksgiving. No, she doesn't hike that. They try to hike some miserable... They try to have a miserable experience every Thanksgiving. Okay, they hike yeah. a trail out of season. Is what family. They... Family isn't enough. <laughs> they, <laughs> right? They should go hiking with Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's about... Yeah. Not because Wolverine's awful. That's not what we're in. No, no, no. But he prefers uh, right. out of misery. hiking out of season and, and yeah, general misery. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk to Nemo about that. Um, what else? We've got some pretty great news items. Top, iTunes top five. Uh, we're going to be reviewing um, a book, and we have a media recommendation. We can yes. kind of partner with kind of some of Salty's, you know, staying healthy on trail, but different aspects. Yes. Uh, we've got some mails. In our mailbag. Males. Males. We got some males. Males. What about it? Females? In the no, mailbag? no females. No? Okay. Uh, you know, ask a hiker, gear review, alternate alternate uses for tent stakes. We're moving Ooh, on. Ooh, I've got, I've got one this oh, month. Oh, good, good. Excellent. And, uh, you know, everything else that we normally do, shenanigans. We got peaches. Millions yes. of peaches. Yeah, and whatever. they're so perfectly ripe. Wh- where right. did that plate go? I moved it away from you so you wouldn't oh, eat them that, all. That was a good call. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. So Dilo's not here as usual, so I'm taking. But over. he's gonna be. He's here. gonna be here. Allegedly. 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 So we actually have three separate goody sections at the cooler tonight. Richard Glasgow gave us beer a long time ago via the Bobby Walters. Oh. Yes. She made a handoff wow. in Ohio when we went there, and then okay. we brought it back. And we actually drank most of it. Like the day we got back to Salida, <laughs> but we sounds s- about right. We sampled. We saved. Few. We saved a few, and that's all from Pennsylvania. And I think there's some Ohio beers. Yeah, in there. that's right. Um, so we'll get into that, um, and then also Troy Rody Rathbone sent us, I think, like ten or twelve tall boys from Canada, all different kinds. Yeah, nice. From, yeah, mostly from Ontario. Um, Eric Moots. Who who uh, sent us a dear Casey letter a while ago about his uh, his girlfriend uh, first gear who was doing the Colorado Trail? He sent us a bunch of beer from Vermont, um, and thankfully he sent us doubles of almost everything. And Disco and I made it our mission to sample everything before we went on our elimination diet. Yes, because so, he sent us some beers from the Alchemist Brewing Company, yeah. which includes Hetty Topper and Focal Banger and 
a, they sent us a sip of Sunshine, which yep. is from a different brewery. Yep. Just some like really top-notch Vermont yes. beers that are not easy to get your hands on if you live in Colorado. That's right. And man, they were good. Yeah. So, and but, then, but but we did bring. Yeah, we brought those. Yeah, yeah. we brought some. We and drank some and we brought. I'm some. hoping that all the Canada beer doesn't get consumed, so that we can take some back with us and try that after our. Elimination th- yeah. deal is over, but yeah, um, yeah. Trial show legal actually would like to make sure everyone is aware that Disco and Pod are not drinking tonight. That's oh, cool. yeah. come yeah. on, man. <laughs> we are not false advertising in this show anymore. We were gonna pretend that we were drinking during this segment, <laughs> right? Pod wasn't no, there. but we've been exposed. We've been exposed <laughs> behind the scenes, you know. It's fine. Here, here's my promise to you: I will make up for it next weekend for bo- at the show. And then the Great American Beer Festival. Somehow we procured some media passes. And every time... Which is crazy. Disco gets audio at the Great American Beer Festival. I sound so horrible. It depends on like what hour of the... It's terrible. Yeah. Well, it's very loud in there. I know, but I don't know. Something happens. Yeah. Anyway, you'll see a a side of POD you haven't seen before. Yeah. Hopefully I don't end up in jail. Anyway, um, <laughs> we also had some mead from Leocri. Yes, which we're going to save for the next yes. show. I, will s- I won't say that I forgot to bring it. I think it was intentional um, because I really love mead. Yeah, me and too. I thought Thanks. if we brought it Thanks. and it got opened and consumed, then I wouldn't get to try it. Yeah. Because I'm off the juice right now. Yeah. Off the juice. So that, next that, month. You were correct there. If, if you'd brought the mead, I would have insisted yeah. on opening it and yeah. it would have all been drank. Yeah. So yeah, he's. Drunk, uh, drank, thank you drank. to Leocri. We're gonna get into that next month. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all the the juices and suds that we have for tonight. We're gonna be checking in with those. And you guys started on the. Uh, have you guys cracked any beers yes, yet? Yes, you have. Hold on, let me get the can. You can talk about how it tastes. We need to read something off of a can. Um, it tastes pretty good. It tastes like it's a red the ale. Doc Purdue's Bobcat. It's a West Coast red ale from Blythe, Ontario. From Blythe Brewing. Oh, one of those Canada Oh, it has a pairing. Barbecue, spice dishes, pub fare, sharp cheeses, whole chickens. Yeah, I was going to say. I think chicken qualifies for barbecue. Yeah, it's it's rotisserie. Yeah, Yeah, we'll go with that. Bright citrus, zesty tropical fruit, and piney spice. I need more cowbell. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we started with that. We started with Canada. Let's get into news. And with all the news is fit to be heard, Special 41, take it away. All right. So we've got a number of different items on the, uh, on the agenda today. Uh, first, um, we're going to get this one out of the way. We have a, a Denver resident missing um, up in Summit County. Tyler Gorell has been missing since August 4th. Uh, they suspended the search on August 14th. Uh, he was up there sort of in the Gore Range area. Uh, they found his, his car by the winter trailhead for the Rock Creek area. Uh, in any case, uh, they did some searching. I think they, they ended up having 72 people search for about 510 hours. 11 dog teams were also out there for almost 70 hours and did not turn up anything uh, as far as like indication of where he went or, or anything like that. One article that I read... Um, seem to indicate that they're going to be trying to like ping his cell phone, but that they had not been doing that before. So I don't know what's that going on with crazy. that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel Come like on, as soon as somebody's like officially missing, like if you're, if you're sending people out to look for them, 
Yeah. For God's sake, like use all of your resources. Ping that cell phone immediately. Uh, in any case, uh, we we hope he's just out there, you know, lost, and we'll uh, make it back. But if you see somebody out there that looks looks a little hungry, yeah, and right. uh, let the, let the authorities know if you see anything weird. And I'll just throw in that this was actually sent to us by a trail show listener. This is actually a friend of a listener of the show. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So it it kind of hits a little closer to home than you know usual. I mean, it is a Colorado. Uh, person, but still, it's somebody who emailed and was like, "I hate this to be my first email, but um, a friend of ours is missing out wow. in Sil- Silverthorne area." So, yeah, it sucks. Hopefully, they they find him. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, I I know the area a little bit. I've been been there a few times, like at least in the region, um, like up and down the the Gore Range Trail. And there are a lot of different trails that would be easy to get turned around. You know, and if you're a, a strong hiker and you get turned around, you, you could yeah. be well outside of the area where they were searching for. You know, by the time you you realize that you're not where you think you are, you might be pretty hard pressed to figure out exactly where you are. So, right, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that that uh, he might just be lost out there still. Okay, on to other news. Um, this is this is going to be the uh, the bears section of trail news. It's, they've got their whole segment today. Oh. Uh, so in North Carolina, um, one of the, uh, forest service, uh, wildlife people from the, I, I think I'm going to say this wrong, Nantahala? Nantahala. That's right. Nantahala. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So apparently he says that, uh, banging pots, blowing air horns, um, or yelling and screaming are no longer frightening bears from raiding campsites for food. So they're talking about, uh, and this is, you know, an area where the, the AT passes right through it. So they're, they're talking about making uh, bear canisters mandatory. Jeez, and that's not even in a national park. That's just yeah. national forest land. Yeah, apparently they've just been getting worse and worse and worse over the last, like, 10 years or so. And, uh, and now the bear population there is, like, fully on board with the, hey, there's some people, let's go take their food. Um, so without... Without protecting them from themselves and your Snickers. We, you know, right. You know. So uh, they do have a comment um, website or email that's open. Uh, so if you're interested, you should look that up. I'm not going to tell you. And then you can email them and tell yeah. them how, how in support or not in support of it you are. On to the next one. We have more bear news. Uh, <laughs> this is a little bizarre. So... Um, in New Mexico, uh, a gentleman was attacked by a bear, 36-year-old Bridger Petrini. Um, and this is Raton, New Mexico. Mm. He was attacked by a bear. He had a weapon on him, a, a gun, so he managed to shoot the bear dead while it what? was attacking him. Wow. But when he killed the bear, it was locked down on his leg. And so rescuers ended up having to chop the head off of this 400-pound bear. This is a true story. I'm not. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. In order to get this, this, uh, you know, oh jaw of the bear from off the dude's leg. Um, so he was he was hospitalized, of course. Oh my um, god, that's I, insane. I, I I I did not see whether he got to keep the head. You know, I. I feel like I would have been like, "Hey guys, hold on to that thing for me. Drop it off at the taxidermy place." I, I, yeah, I want that's that, mine. You know? And I'm not, I'm not into that sort of thing. I don't have like stuffed heads on the wall. But I feel like if I got attacked by a bear and managed to like win that fight, and 
and then I had to like have its head cut off in order to get it off of my leg. I'm keeping that thing. Yeah. You know. Where was that special? New Mexico. Raton. Raton, which is New Mexico. It's just south of Trinidad, Colorado. It's like right over the state line. Would you feel the same way if the bear beat you? Could it keep your head? (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Probably would. Winner decides, you know. Winner. (laughs) To the the victor go the spoils. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's pretty pretty strange. Um, And then uh, one more bear story. A young bear with uh, burned paws was rescued Aww. from the California wildfire. Uh, it is recovering. Um, it was uh, near the Crystal Creek area, west of Whiskeytown Lake. Uh, so oh, pretty, yeah. pretty big fire going on there. And uh, this poor little bear came in, had some, some pretty bad burns on the paws. But it's, it's mending up well. Nice. And they expect it to be able to be released back into what the wild. What a happy story. So, yeah. From, yeah. A nice. feel-good bear story. Uh, in sort of more directly related to the trail, we've got uh, Greyhound Canada is ending their bus service to Western Canada. So this will there's only going to be like one route left, and it'll go from Vancouver to Seattle. And it'll actually be run by the U.S. side. So like Greyhound Canada is shutting it down. What happened, man? Like, was there just not enough demand? I, I mean, that's what it seems like. They, yeah. they said that, you know... Basically, that they've they run these routes, but that they don't really um, have enough ridership. Um, and then I think part of it yeah. is like cheaper rideshare stuff and things like that. Is okay. Yeah. So times are changing. Special. Something will pop up in this place. Always does. Yeah. Um, then next we've got uh, two women uh, have have completed the first uh, through hike of. The Mexican-U.S. border. It's actually not the first. It's not the first, even though it was reported as the first. Oh. But, but continue. Okay, it's, well, it's these still posers. A, no. <laughs> no, it's still a monumental feat. I mean, it's incredible what they did. Yeah, so they basically they started in San Diego, and they walked to the Gulf of Mexico along the, the Mexican border. Uh, and they, you know, A, I'll just say white girls, so that helped, I'm sure, um, because, you know, let's be real, brown girls going out and doing the same thing. Would have had a significantly different experience than some, yes. some like, which is no reflection on them. I'm not no, not, not trying to right, dig right. on them, but observation like, of reality. Yeah. So, uh, but they walked the whole U.S.-Mexican border. Uh, sort of their motive was to dispel some of these like myths that they they were hearing about, you know, the borderlands and everywhere right. along there, you know, they'd get to some spot and the locals would tell them like, oh yeah, the worst is like 50 miles up. Oh yeah. And then they get over there and the locals there would be like, oh no, no, like another 50 miles over there. That's where things are really bad. Sure. Uh, but yeah, there's, you know, they, uh, they met with some people from like the uh, Mexican American um, Association of San Diego, I think it was. Yeah. It's too bad the outside magazine reported it as the first hike of this border because what they did was really awesome and they it was more than just an outdoor adventure they were trying to bring some cultural aspects and awareness to it and and what they did is incredible in and of itself but then by putting that out there like i don't know it's kind of annoying and the reality is is like um it's been done a couple times and not only that there's been people that have actually walked the perimeter of the united states sounds horrible think about that no why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, because it's there I mean That actually would be kind of Some of that would be pretty cool Some The coastal sections I, I think would be Would be nice Man that That's That's that would, a that lot of years. I mean if you yeah. 
yeah. depending on how how close you're shaving those coastline curves. Right. Well, and you know. Wolverine said that he was originally going to do the perimeter of Baja, right? Right. And that's then, like that was like seventeen hundred miles, and right? But then someone had already done that. Yeah, so it probably sounded like it would be too much fun, right? For him, he's like, ah, on the beach the whole time, all that beach food. Yeah, I'd rather suffer in the hills with no water. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So anyway, uh, pretty cool trip. Um, do check out their their article in Outside Magazine. Um, I guess even though it's not the first, still pretty dang cool. Amazing. And and, uh, and they it looks maybe, like they had a pretty, pretty maybe awesome we'll have time. them on the show. No, they're not going to want to be on the show after we just. We're not diminishing their. We're not, but you know, you know how people are. No. Oh, come on now! You're projecting. I, you I have I, no idea. I think that no, I, I think that uh, reading some of the things that they said in the article, I, I I feel like they would be the first to acknowledge the fact that being white girls helped. <laughs> anyway, on to other news. Uh, Pacific Crest Trail Days just happened, August seventeenth through the nineteenth, in Cascade oh, Locks, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of like social media stuff about it, but I've also really not been on the Facebook much. Well, I heard um, so Rudy with Cascade Hiker Podcast did an interview with Neighbor Jay recently, and this was before just before the event. And he said they were expecting five thousand people this year. It's been getting bigger That's and bigger big, every yeah. year. I went last year. Actually, that was the only year I've ever been, but yeah. I was surprised at what a giant event it was. It was just like whoa. It's yeah, amazing. I mean, I, I've I've not actually been, but I you know keep up or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, it, it seems like it's just getting bigger and bigger, and I think to some degree too, it's you know helping to fill that void from after the ads Sitco shut yeah, down. That's right. Uh, so yeah, pretty cool. Uh, if you are in the area next year, put it on your calendar. And even if you're not a thru hiker, there's actually more locals than thru hikers. Obviously, there's a lot of gear companies that come, and they have lots of specials. I got these Luna sandals for twenty bucks last year. I got mine at PCT Days in 2014. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they have tons well, of great And they're great more focused sales. on like, it's not just about, you know, long distance no, hiking. No, not right? at I mean, all. It's, no. yeah. it's camping, hiking, backpacking. Right. So, so it's even more if outdoor you, general. Yeah, if you're in the area, it's there's a ton of deals to be had. And their gear raffle is insane. Yeah, if you look at like the, just their program sponsors or whatever, yeah. their partners and stuff, like, yeah, they've got... They're they're calling a lot of people over the course of the year to get every everything yeah, exactly. lined up and make this event happen. So, yeah, I'm really hoping to make it out there next year. I wanted to this year, but I was actually in the middle of traveling for work during that time. So, well, uh, all right, I'm I'm almost done, and uh, and then then we can move on. Uh, a couple of more entertaining stories. Uh, Morn Mountains, a uh, a hiker was hit by a sheep falling oh, from yes. a crag oh, this <laughs> and, was, and was hospitalized. Uh, it happened on Sleeve Birnot. This is like somewhere in Scandinavia or something. I've, this stupid article doesn't, sell, doesn't tell me. Um, That's all right. It's, it's unimportant. But the important yeah. part is that he got hit by a sheep. Yeah, he got hit by that a sheep fell. and had to go to the hospital. A, a sheep who lives on cliffs somehow managed to fall directly onto this hiker. Uh, They were hiking with, like, uh, it was a group of them. um, And then, uh, yeah, this sheep, like, literally fell on the dude. Uh, It took, like, 17 of the mountain rescue team to to get this poor person out of there. Can you imagine? They're big. I mean. I know. And what hit first? Like, was it hooves? Was it horns? Was it, like, a nice, a nice... Rump roast. I mean, what you know? Ooh. And and didn't the sheep walk away unhurt? 
Yeah. Think, he was like, yeah, thanks, cool. man, for breaking like, my fall. So that's a trail tip, really, is if you're falling, fall just aim someone. for a hiker. <laughs> <below>. <laughs> or a sheep. They won't mind. Yeah. We owe them one. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Uh, last item. Um, people may remember this uh, video that went viral about the... Uh, this guy who was taunting a bison oh, God. in in Yellowstone, oh, yeah. and he was yeah. arrested in like four different national parks in one week. Um, so really? yeah, uh, Raymond Ranky, fifty five. Uh, this Raymond Ranky. Yeah. So he, the, if you if you haven't seen the video, I'll, Ray, I'll describe Ray. it real quickly. It's like typical Yellowstone wildlife traffic jam, right? Like there's a bison that's trying to cross the road, so all the traffic stopped. This dude decides to get out of his car and like play matador with this bison, you know, and these people are filming it. The the thing charges him a couple of times. The guy's lucky he didn't get just like taken out. I mean, by honestly, honestly, that video is crazy because I thought for sure I was gonna watch this guy get totally creamed. Yeah, absolutely. If when you're watching it, you're like, Oh, someone's about those, to die. Like, death videos or something. How, why did I end up clicking on this? Or but yeah, it's like it's, Isn't he wearing short shorts in that video too? I mean, he's dressed like a frumpy old white dude, so... I don't know. I don't know. It might have been short shorts. Some... I don't remember he, what he's wearing. He's clearly, like, visibly drunk he, in it, though. Oh, yeah. He's kind of stumbling and stuff. In any case, he, uh, he had his day in court, and he was sentenced to 130 days in jail. Yes. Uh, with credit, uh, 21 days of credit for time served. He was basically charged with, like, several different things from um, five misdemeanors from... Uh, um, har- harassing wildlife to like drunken disorderly. Any uh, fines? I think he's just getting the jail <sighs> rather than rather than big fines. I didn't see any discussion of the of any financial penalties. That's unfortunate. So, but you know, 130 days in jail is not not insignificant. No, I know. Ho- hopefully, it'll yeah. uh, make him think twice about play- playing doubtful. matador with a bison next time he's in Yellowstone. And then I'm not going to talk about this other than I think people, sh- people should check this out. Uh, Bloomberg put out this sort of interactive map um, entitled Here's How America Uses Its Land. Uh, it's really cool. It has like several different um, visualizations of land use in America with descriptions of, of that land use. Uh, it's really cool. If you just Google Bloomberg um, and how, uh, how America uses its land, it'll be like the first thing that pops up. And I encourage anybody who's interested in like public lands or land use or you know outdoor recreation, which I don't know why you'd listen to this show if you're into that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Um, but yeah, you should check it out. It's definitely pretty interesting. Uh, I really found of note like uh, how much of the country is essentially like cow pasture, and I know a lot of that's BLM land that is multi-use. But like the amount of land that is for cow pasture was just staggering. A lot of burgers to be had. Special man, I you know I like a good burger, but good lord, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking I mean, at the map right now. It's really horrifying. Literally, it's it like is. I saw that and it made it made me sick to my stomach. I was like, I I have been unable to like eat beef without without like some some guilt. <laughs> oh my god, that's it. I'm gonna go throw up the steak I had for dinner. Yeah, let's Switch do it. To chicken, whole chicken whole challenge. <laughs> All right, is that it for news? That's it. Yeah, long trail news this month. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Special 41 just ran out the door. He took all my peaches. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Peaches for (laughs) special. Before we go to break, I think we should uh, check in with our, our Her Odyssey ladies, Fidget and Neon.
All right, let's see what they're up to. Hey, Trail Show Nation. This is Fidget. This is Dion. And we are for Odyssey. And we real quick wanted to tell you about this amazing hiking Frenchman that we've heard about. He's a prolific hiker, has routes of integrity, a man of integrity. Based on some light internet stalking, we believe him to be between the ages of 14 and 54. You should definitely go check him out. Check out his website. Um, his name is Simone Dubois. thought we were supposed to be saying something about Moon Kid. Who? <laughs> Sounds wow. like they're having a great time. Thank, anyway. Thank you, Fidget Neon, for that. And yes. oddly enough, we got a missive from Moon Kids. So I don't right. play that. Wait, before you play that, I just want to mention that Fidget yes. Neon just crossed the equator yeah, this past that's week. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. They yes. have a great photo. I, is I that also the halfway point for their hike? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> so they're, they're almost to Colombia, and I think they have a plan that they feel like is safe. But they are going to be, I think, sea kayaking all of Central America. So if you've got people in Central America and you can kind of help hook that up, you should get in touch with them. Um, so anyway, that would yeah. be pretty and, cool. And if you have extra dollars jangling around in your pocket, yes. you should join their Patreon. Yes. Uh, I, I did that recently, and I... The other day, I, I got my uh, my stickers from them. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And yep. they, I don't know if they like sent me an extra one because they like me or something. But <laughs> um, but yeah, there was like three of them in there, so I'm yeah. stoked. I've got one and, on my, uh, my bottle. They, uh, yeah, and the Chill Show actually joined their Patreon page. Oh, so, did we? I yes. thought we just did a one-off donation no, to them. we're doing a monthly uh, okay, monthly cool. deal. Right on. So. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's get an update from Moon Kid. Hi there. How are you, the Treasure team? And Tracia Nation, of course, too. I am right now in Huancavelica, a small regional town in Peru. And um, last stage was quite tough because of uh, a lot of high elevation in the mountains. Um, still very secluded. I, I meet some people, some um, some farmers, that kind of stuff, that, uh, that bring some yamas, alpacas. But uh, yeah, it's very isolated, so um, it's a very good experience to to meet all these people and uh, to to experiment that that kind of nature of uh, high mountains here in Peru. But um, I have to say, I was very very glad to get back on the trail because I had to stop about two weeks. In the, um, yeah, that's a huge time in the town of Ayacucho, just before a stage. Because um, because of another episode of illness, actually. And uh, so um, I did some analysis. I saw three three different doctors. And eventually it appeared that uh, I had some parasites in my stomach for about three months since Whoa. La Paz, actually. So um, oh. that could explain, of course, why I haven't been very well for that time. And um, after the treatment, I hope I hope it will be resolved and that I will I will be able to be in, in good shape for the the following times. Even if I still very I feel I still feel very very tired, very exhausted a little bit all the time. So um, yeah, it's not it's not the best time ever. I have to say, 
I still uh, enjoy very much that that journey, but um, yeah, even on the mental mental size, not it's not top shape, you know. Because I have to say that that project is very ambitious because it's not only about hiking from southern tip to northern tip of Americas, but to do it as much as I can by natural natural environment by connecting actual long distance trails, historical trails, local tracks. And um, that makes that makes the journey so interesting, of course, but also so hard to to achieve because um, the ideas that have to to keep good pace, a regular pace all the time to be able to reach the right place at the right the right time. For example, I, I could not I cannot plan to to do CDT in the USA if I um, I reach the the American border. No, I don't know at the at the end of summer, so I have to keep a regular pace all the time. And um, for a few time, I haven't been able to do so. So that's why I'm. It's a kind of doubtful doubtful period. Yeah, but um, yeah, at the end of um, of the next stage. Which is about three three hundred k's. I plan to to stop a few days in Lima to take a bus to Lima to rest up a little bit, and um, to see how it happens. To see, yeah, I'm going to do the the rest of the journey. <laughs> and yeah, I wanted to say I noted that last time um, I just realized that I was I was talking very very slowly. Particularly com compared to your pace or of speaking, and <laughs> that that was kind of strange. Weird, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just understood that it's because I'm I'm not able to do two things at the same time, even if it's just uh, hiking and and talking. Particularly foreign language, I have to say, that's my uh, <laughs> that's my excuse. So um, yes, that's all for today, and. Um, Thank you again for offering me the opportunity to to share that journey, even if it's not it's not always uh, great, you know, it's not always a dream. But um, I think it's important to to share the the reality of the of the terrain here too. So yeah, <laughs> I hope it's going to to be better, and uh, I hope we'll be able to to see us soon. Ciao. Well, you can actually hear the kind of the fatigue yeah. in his yeah. voice yeah. this go around. Like he's definitely I mean been stomach parasites for three months or something? Yeah. Sal That's salty. Crazy. Salty, could you weigh in on that? Like what I mean, obviously you don't know what parasite he's dealing with, but I imagine like three months of that would, would probably like kill your system a bit. I mean, oh yeah. I'm sure it's completely depleting him because it's taking, you know, so much energy. Like he's not getting if you have digestive parasites, you're most likely not absorbing a lot of the nutrients from your food. And, right. you know, your gut health is just so important to your overall energy production and just feeling good. You know, not just how you absorb your nutrients, but, yeah, your ability to produce energy. And, yeah, I can't imagine. Just, yeah, you can definitely hear it in his voice. Yeah. And he's trying to walk, you know, across South America right now. Yeah. As he's been dealing with this. So. I would just say that Moon Kid, the Trail Show Nation, loves you, and you have to take care of yourself. Yes. And don't focus on getting to the U.S. border. 
focus on getting through today and then tomorrow. And every day will take care of itself. Yeah, I feel like that's a lesson that I've definitely taken from hiking is, you know, aim where you need to and and just keep walking and you'll get there eventually. But you're not going to get there today. And you don't have to. Right. And 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 yeah, I I will echo that uh, I really enjoy hearing your updates. And and I've I've perused the the site a little bit and watched some of the videos and stuff. If you if you guys have not checked out Mood Kids stuff, do so. Uh, jump on the internet and and uh, watch some hike. of those yeah, videos. They, yeah, yeah his American YouTube hike. videos are great, and some of them have English subtitles. Um, some of them have Spanish subtitles. Uh, so if you speak Spanish, you can watch all of them. But um, they're really really great. They're high quality. Um, probably the best on trail videos I've ever seen. But um, wow. oh, <laughs> oh, shots oh, fired over here. Hey, oh, boy. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm sure the ones when you finally finish them, they'll be great. <laughs> um, and he, you can also donate to Moon Kids Trip as well. Is he on Patreon? No, he's not as like you know organized in that way as uh, Neon and Fidget. He just has his own. I feel like, like donate. Fidget would be very, very like pleased to hear you call her organized. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, two, two, so two, you know, Fidget Neon and Moonke, they're doing similar things, you know, and uh, they're sharing information. And it's kind of cool that there's a whole community of, of people communicating and doing this thing, you know. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty rad. If you, if you follow them both, you'll get to see, you know, a similar journey, but in two different perspectives, two different yeah. ways. I think it's really cool. You'll see it, and it's right, you know, they're close to each other so you really can see how different people experience different places that's right so get better moon kid yep oh yeah and after, we're all cheering yes and after your antibiotic treatment uh take some probiotics and eat soluble fire and feed your gut there you go <laughs> all right folks when we come back we've got nemo to talk with us about the sunshine coast trail so don't go anywhere all right Out of order is out of order. The whole trail show is out of order. Why do you even listen to the trail show? That was for you, Triple O. Oh, I, I feel very honored. That's good. Very, very honored. That, that was, was in your honor tonight, man. <laughs> All right, to introduce our upcoming guest that we'll be talking with about the Sunshine Coast Trail, we have Fidget. Get thou, Trail Show Nation. This is Fidget from the Camino Real, just south of Latacunga, Ecuador. I heard you're getting the immense pleasure of chatting with one of my most admired trail mavens, the kind of person I want to be like someday. She's a woman who slapped her soles down on the Triple Crown and public protests alike, a steward to toddlers and trails, envier of potatoes and aprons, defender of tomato plants and civil liberties, so buckle your butt cheeks and lengthen your stride, because you're talking to Nemo. Yes. That's like a great it. introduction. I want, a, wow. I want an intro for Fidget. For yeah. me, man. <laughs> I want her to write my eulogy when I die. Why wait? It's true. Just die now? Yeah. No, well, no, just have her, <laughs> have her write it now. All, All right. right. So I guess uh, this is Nemo calling. Oh. Oh, oh here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. Let's see who this is. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's the trail show. Hello, it's Nemo. Hey, Hello. Nemo. How are you? I'm doing well tonight. How's everyone? 
It's uh, we're doing very very well. It's disco special, Brian P O D salty, and out of order. You've got a whole holy <laughs> holy <Yeah>. cow. <laughs> There'll be a test at the end. That's right. And Dilo Dilo might show up at some point during the interview. You, you'll know if he does. Yeah, because he'll probably trip over something when he comes in. Yeah. So you recently hiked the Sunshine Coast Trail. We and did. So tell us about it. Uh, we we've we had a listener talk to us about it once uh, through a letter a while ago, but they hiked it out of season and it was like really cold and miserable and not sunny at all. And so we're yeah. I heard I heard that that person had a hypothermic kind of hike. And yes. We did not have that. We had um, eight straight days of sun. Ooh. We decided to do this tiny little, you know, 112-mile trail in eight days um, because we had limited, you know, time, and there was a lot of travel on either end that we had to uh, okay. account for. That was really something that is notable. It's not easy to get to this spot, um, but we recently found a little, you know, a few little helpful hints for getting there and getting back, mostly because we made a couple errors in terms of choosing fairy, fairy times, but uh, it is, um, a beautiful little high and lonesome little route that is from Desolation Sound or the Salish Sea, Sarah Point, down to Saltry Bay, nor- about four and a half hours north of Vancouver and two ferry rides north. And it has a water start, which Shira and I did not anticipate we knew that there was a way to get there via logging roads and then maybe like a little bit of you know maybe like a a three three mile hike something like that like an hour's walk um or you could try to get access to a boat from lund dc and get there via water and we weren't sure how we were going to get there until the actual day we left and we were able to um, literally jump off a boat. It was the best start to any trail well, I've ever Oh, hiked. yeah. And I it, s- it saw was, a picture of that. Did you guys, like, pause halfway up at, like, the top of the, the arc and, like, just go weightless for a second? <laughs> like a, like it, the old Toyota commercials? It was more like, Shira and I were kind of laughing, but it was that giddy laugh where you're like, really? Is Oh, 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 okay. There's no dock? Like, there's not even, a like, a pier or something? Wow. Like, anything? like just a rock with some seaweed and barnacles on it and the guy who drove us was a friend of an old high school friend which is why i found out about this trail because i have a friend from high school who ended up moving to canada and lives in powell river which is a city sort of on the northern part of the sunshine trail and she had been begging me to come and hike it come and hike and i can help you i'll help you out i'll make sure that it's fun for you and so she had a, a friend with a boat who was able to drive us up there. And he basically said, I'm just going to show you how to safely exit the boat. Here's where you grab onto the, you know, grab onto this little thing, walk over here, put your leg over the rail and jump. And so here and I kind of, we really didn't expect it. And we had our, you know, our heavy packs on and we stepped over the rail. She went first. And then had some, she, she definitely had some purchase because there were some barnacles. And then I kind of did like a, like a one, two flop kind of up onto it and put some pressure with my hand onto the barnacles and actually had like little barnacle shards kind of stuck. I was going to say, they're so sharp. Um, 
But it was super cool. It was actually really interesting to be left like that and then to have the boat just sort of drive away and you're at, you know, here's the trailhead sign. It was, it was very cool. Wow. So how long is the Sunshine Coast Trail? It is 180K or about a, what we figured to be 112-ish miles, and the ish will come into play a little bit um, mm. later as I tell you some of the tales of of how they worked it out. Um, basically, they have has never been on a trail like this either where they've marked every single kilometer on what? the street. Wow. Oh my <laughs> you, just, you can just sit there and clob you know, along. Imagine this. like If they make any changes to the trail at any time, Every single kilometer oh, marker no. along the 180 kilometer markers is now off, and Whoa. so we did find we did find that there are a lot of sections where the the mileage is most likely quite off. So we're we're really not 100 percent sure what the length <laughs> the total length is. There were a few reroutes around some clear cuts that we experienced maybe being three to four miles extra, um, which is not a huge deal, but certainly when you're used to being you know, kind of looking at these little markers. At first they were like, oh, that's kind of annoying. And then and then we kind of started to like them. Like, oh, oh, look at that. There's another one. <laughs> and then, you know, but, but then when like one day they just, they, they didn't come. They just didn't come. We didn't have any for like, we're like, I'm sure we've been walking two hours. We haven't even walked a kilometer. You know, what's going on? You know, then it becomes really kind of sad. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible! So I'm so 112ish miles. Thinking, is this like about a week long sort of trail? We are. We tried to do it in eight, and I would say I would have preferred like more, more like nine to ten. Okay, just for um, hanging out at this kind of cooler lake that they're you know that that are all everywhere. I mean, basically you're walking lake to lake to lake. Um, so much swimming, like the be- some of the huh. best swimming I've had in a long time with some really really interesting docks made out of floating dead cedar huh. um, so that Whoa. you didn't have to put your feet in the muck nice it was uh. like just perfect you just walk out and you know ju- you know jump off these little docks so that you didn't have to get all mucky just some really cool trail work it's really convenient um, and beautiful lake bagging. Sport. yeah definitely some lake bagging um we we bagged them all. We did swim about two to three times a day in different Ooh, bodies nice. of water. Tried to swim naked as much as we could. Yeah. Um, but there were so few people that we really could do that quite often. There there are hardly anybody. There's hardly anybody out there. We saw three other through hikers the hmm. entire eight days, and we saw a couple families and a few other groups of people doing some sections. What, what were the bugs it. like? So, very quiet. What were the bugs like? Um, I had a little bit of a noceum attack two or three days, which they bother me more than any bug. I can I can take just about anything, but I, for some reason, the fact that you're just being, you know, overwhelmed by something invisible is just so it's just so creepy. Um, <laughs> there were some noceums. There were some really really enormous horse flies that Ooh. were so slow and stupid that you could instantly kill them. So that was great. And there were just a few mosquitoes here and there, but really it was it was pleasant. No need for a net, no need for any bug dope at all. Um, you know, and this was you know mid August, so and like I said, eight very sunny days. That's awesome. What what was the terrain like? We found that it, so it's about twenty two thousand feet of elevation gain in that hundred you know one hundred and twelve miles. So it's it's 
pretty challenging. There are three major climbs that are like 3,000, 3,500, 4,000. So that's a pretty, those are pretty big climbs over short, kind of over short distances. Like one of the climbs is up a mountain called Tin Hat Mountain. And it was, it was just super, super grueling. It felt very much like the AT. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was, you know, like I could be on any, you know, major climb just going straight up some mountain on the AT. Just, 3,500 feet and four miles kind of grueling. And then same thing, you know, on the way back down. So very, a lot of that grueling stuff, but then some of it was sort of um, in the middle, the train was a little bit easy, a little bit eased off and kind of became a little bit more, more doable. And in fact, one lake called Inland Lake, it was a completely smooth bike path. For like oh. almost three k or something around the lake, which was huh. pretty cool. Oh, nice! It was like, woo, pa- it's like practically paved. <laughs> How cold was the lake water typically? I mean, are we talking like a degree or two above freezing, or was it a little no, warmer? No, no, beautiful, beautiful. No chill. I mean, like oh. you would definitely want to. You would want to probably have a sunny day. Maybe you wouldn't be doing it on a on a cloudy day, but it it felt like refreshing it felt refreshing but not not chill you to the bone what was your resupply looking like you said that was like a bike path so was there like good access there were a couple good points but i would say for in you know our situation we were super lucky to have an angel my friend courtney took care of us the entire time you know we had a place to stay when we arrived we were able to go shopping um and we also had our car with us um so that was kind of important for us to get around hitchhiking is super easy um it's very very common so there's a lot of people picking up people on the road we ended up doing two days back to courtney's house four days and then courtney picked uh dropped off a resupply and then about another day and a half and i didn't end up finishing the trail because my knees blew up like an italian grandma but oh, no. the, last, the last day and a half she never finished and so she was able to do to not have to carry very much because she she knew she only had like a day and a half left that day so that, that kind of night that day that your friend brought you your resupply is that a place that you could have gone in to a town to resupply there that was a place that you would definitely find some general public camping at um this place called Lois Lake, and there were tons of vehicles in there camping, and I'm sure that you could find someone to have taken you to Lang, um, which is another little tiny city, tiny city with a, like a tiny um, mini mart kind of place. Right. Um, but I know that there is an organization that is providing shuttles and oh. also doing resupply. That's called Sunshine Coast Shuttle, and they will, for a small fee, um, mm. drop off. You know, part if you if you package it up nicely and tell them where to bring it, they will do that for you, um, which is pretty cool. cool because it, for most people, I would say it would be it would, it's just too burly to want to carry that many days. Talk to me about um, maps and resources or apps. Like, what did you guys use to? I mean, I guess if there was a kilometer sign every kilometer, you know, it's probably a pretty well established, maintained, and signed trail. But did what did you use to navigate? We were super lucky that um, that it, it was so well marked that we didn't probably need anything. But in the end, 
it's always good. Um, we had our bases covered by using Gaia, and Shira had found a GPS track and uploaded it to Gaia and shared that with me. So I had that on my phone as well as a backup. And then she also uses Avenza, and the maps that are available through the Powell River Tourism Council are Avenza maps, so you can use them if you have that app as well. Sure. And then they do have basic maps available um, for printing that are just nice PDFs in color that you can print, and there's 13 of them before you leave. You can you know print those up. Oh, right on. Uh, so- I have a few uh, listener questions for you. Uh, one of our listeners wrote in and had some questions they wanted to ask you. So the first question is, what is your favorite kind of potato? Uh, I only eat purple potatoes. Awesome. Uh, the second question was, do you currently have Giardia? I think I might. Can oh, we no. back up to the potato question real quick? Sure. Are they related? Does, does that include like all potatoes, yams, sweet potatoes, everything? Like, Well, sweet potatoes are different than... That's why, that's why I, that's why I, I don't know. clarification. This listener did not clarify. <laughs> I think if, it, if it's who I think it is, then she'll understand the purple part. <laughs> yes. And uh, another question, can long-distance hiking be leveraged as peaceful protest? I feel like there is a sort of like abstinence in hiking, like you're abstaining from participating in some of the crappy, unjust parts of society, and you could actually be saying i guess you could say that backpackers are engaging in a form of protest whether you're peaceful or not that's up to you i guess while you're doing (laughs) it but i think it would have to require some intent like you'd have to be kind of doing it on purpose like not just like oh you know what you know this whole political society thing is really sucking so i just feel like being away from it all but not doing anything toward, you know, helping it or changing it. It's almost like you would have to just make your intention known. That's you, my answer. I like that. You know, I've, I don't know that it was by design, but I've done some of my longer hikes on election years. And I always, yeah, yeah I always say that, um, I tell people I, I did it on purpose so that I wouldn't have to watch election commercials and political commercials because that's, you know, yeah. it gets to be, like, ridiculous, um, especially good grief. Now it's, like, 18 months out from a presidential election, but really that six months prior to the election. So, honestly, you know, that could be a trail tip is to, if, if you're thinking about a long hike, maybe shoot for an election year. And, yeah, uh, for sure. The, yeah, the six months before an election, and then you get to miss out on all the garbage. Yep, and you also get to have better mental health for sure better mental health for sure and while you're forest bathing you can be thinking of ways that you are not participating in some of the evils of society i I like that forest bathing well that's a thing that's what it's i mean that's part of the whole um you need a certain amount of time in green spaces every month to stay sane yeah and circling back to your hike and you getting your sanity by being out there one of the things that Special wanted to ask you about was um, camping. What was the camping situation along the trail? Yeah, I mean, obviously they, they tout these huts that they've built, and they are actually um, building onto them. So they the, the 14 huts that are on the trail are absolutely gorgeous, and there is a system whereby they, they sort of try to get you to um, camp at these locations 
to help preserve what's going on in the, you know, the old growth, the stands mm-hmm. of old growth that are in, in between. So they sort of make it easier for you to camp there. There are really beautiful Appalachian-style composting privies at a lot of them. And oh, there nice. are tent sites around them. And then there are other um, designated sites around sort of what I would say is kind of like sensitive areas around lakefront that where they want you to camp in a certain place. And there there were, was not a ton of room. So I, um, Shira and I were commenting on how if this trail does grow in popularity, they need to consider something to keep people um, from, you know, basically being on top of each other or having no place at all to camp if they want people to be in these designated spots. Um, they're going to either have to increase them or they're going to have to, um, you know, think about how they can disperse the people in between some of the huts. If, you, if you're if you not a person that likes, likes to stay indoors, which we, you know, we are not, um, we actually did not sleep or stay in any of the huts, even though they were beautiful, um, you know, we would prefer to be outside. But surely from, you know, October through June, probably they would be lovely and they have wood, you know, wood stoves and um, lofts and picnic benches and a whole lot of other nice features. But there's definitely, there, we found plenty of spots that we could camp a, a little bit away from the huts or in between the huts. So it, it was nice. After this interview airs, let me tell you what, it, <laughs> the Sunshine Coast Trail is going to see the infamous trail show bump. We're talking like twenty to 30,000 hikers a month, Nemo. It's going to be cray-cray. I know. I, I feel bad for them. They're not ready yet. Yeah, they better, be like a... they better step up their hut construction game, is all I can say. I, we, met, so we met the founder, Eagle Waltz. Um, he founded the trail in 1992 as a way to try to get call people's attention to preserving the old growth. He works with Western Forest Products, the timber con- company that owns most of the peninsula, on a regular basis to try to reroute the trail so that they can harvest, but that they can avoid some of the old growth area. And he works with the Tlaman tribe, which is the First Nations tribe that owns a bunch of the land there through a 2016 treaty. And we just happened to stumble upon him at one of the huts. I was sort of looking around for a place to jump in the water. And he was there, and I kind of didn't know, you know, I didn't know it was him. I just heard somebody say, hey, Eagle. And then I thought, oh, it must, there must be only one Eagle. And so um, surely he was there. And when he got, when he got word that we were going to be um, on the trail show, he kind of had this, like, worried look, like, all right, what do I need to know? What do I need to know? I think, <laughs> well, you know, what kind of things, what kind of things do I need to prepare for, Nemo? And I was like, um, I'm not sure really. I'm not, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But you know what? The Appalachian Trail is having a lot of trouble. A lot of Pacific Crest Trail having a lot of trouble with, you know, poop. So you might want to yeah. start planning ahead for, you know, what are all the people going to do? Maybe an idea for Eagle is to put a privy beside every single kilometer marker on <laughs> the SCT. For starters. <laughs> that, would be, that would be plenty. We found we found the amount of privies to be really almost perfect. Like hmm. it would be like like your your morning you know constitutional and then like your mid morning constitutional covered. Your afternoon you're good. Evening wow. you're good too. Yeah, that's was, that sounds there appealing. Were there were plenty already, but being a composting privy, I believe there is a human requ- you know requirement to stir. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we have to have the manpower to take to take account. And, uh, yeah. It's a lot, yeah. a lot of work. That's that's not a fun volunteer job. No, it's not. No, but they have such they have an amazing amazing crew of volunteers. They go out twice a week. What? And I, yes, like I've met every every single week twice a week. It's it's um PR Paws, Powell River group of of people that founded it parks and wilderness society they they are on it and you can tell this trail is like they do they must have um i don't know what you guys would call it is alaskan mill like it almost looks like somebody has an alaskan mill out there they're splitting the Mm. logs in half and making all these picnic tables out of half logs and all these bog bridges out of half logs a lot of a lot of construction out of the split down the middle type logs Hmm. very cool hey talk to us uh, briefly about critters and wildlife did you what you know what wildlife did you see what's common out there and like did you have to deal with any mice issues or any obnoxious critter issues um we definitely were warned that there could be the occasional grizz which there was a sighting in a couple years ago um but very rare and but that there are sections with a lot of of black bears. And so we did hang our food, which I was, um, pretty rusty at, but I did. Um, so definitely we saw two like youngish bears that were playing in the distance. That was our only encounter on the trail with bears, but they were, um, there was definitely a lot of poo. We saw some elk poo, but no elk. Um, we saw some deer, lots of little critters, but not none that I know of around us while we slept, which was great. And, we heard an owl or two, mm. um, some birds of prey, but not as much as I figured. I thought we would see more. And there are some parts, portions where you're directly on the sea and you're supposed to be able to maybe see some seals, but we did not see any. And there was also that, I don't know if you guys saw on the news, there was that orca mother who was carrying her dead yes. baby. Yes, you saw it? Like 20 days. That was where we were, like exactly Whoa. in the Salish Sea, Desolation Sound area. She was right there. And I was figuring if I saw her, I, my hike would be over. My heart would be so broken. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even be able to continue. Yeah. I don't know how I'd know it was her, but I had heard that there we could see orcas and that orcas were, pods were in that area while we were hiking. So we kept looking. When we were way up high, we thought we would still be able to maybe see like a little bit of spray or like a little bit of movement on the water, you know, despite the smoke and the haze, there were some days that we could see the sea. Do you do a blog or any kind of online? Did you do anything related I to this hike? I do not, but my beautiful friend, Shira, the princess of power, oh, has yeah. her, our whole trip um, documented on her blog, shirahikes.wordpress.com. And she has um, some photos from our hike up as well. Okay, we will post a link. That'd be cool. To... I do not. I no longer. I, do, I no longer have the time for it. No, I understand. Um, and I think Shira's. I see her Instagram feed too. I think she posted some photos there on her Instagram feed. So yes, yep. We might we might steal a photo or two from there and and repost it. We there are a few different things that you had asked that I had to skip over quickly, and one was the how to get there part i just wanted people to be aware there is a cost associated with the ferries and what it's not free it's not it's not terrible but it is it does add to your trip there's two ferries but you only pay for one ferry on the way in and one ferry on the way back 
even though there are two on the way in and two on the way back. And you have to go to bcferries.com and get the information on the schedules. The scheduling is different from Thursday to Monday is a certain schedule, and then there's like the end of the other days. So I think they change on a monthly or like seasonal basis as well. So they're a little tricky. You have to kind of plan the ferry so that you don't miss one. And it, oh, it was, it ended up being about $75 per person each way or round trip. We split it, um, each way. Okay. It was $45 for the car to ride the ferry and then 13, about 1350 per person in the car. You can, you can walk on, you can be a walk on person. And then you probably could do your hike literally by hitching. You yeah. could probably, you know, do it that way. Um, but we had, you know, we had our vehicle with us. Okay. Hey, before we move on, is there anything else about the Sunshine Coast Trail you want to get out there or mention tonight? There is one thing that happened that was kind of cool. We we kind of had insider access to go to the Tlaman, um First Nations Reservation, which they kind of are, it's now their own tribal lands. They own it. Um, so it's not really called a reservation, but it was like a former reservation. And we got to go there and kind of meet the tribe and the people in the tribe that are um, starting to take an interest in taking care of a part of the trail that goes through their ancient lands. And I was thinking that something happened to me that had never, ever happened in America. And I realized how terrible it was. And it was that I never, ever felt wherever I was hiking in America that I was on someone else's land. And for some reason, you know, because I met them and because I understood, like, oh, my gosh, this was never theirs. This was or this was never ours. This was never mine to walk on or this was not public. This really was theirs. Like, it really felt like for the first time I was walking on someone else's land, like I was trespassing a little bit. Or, like, I felt lucky, like I should write a thank you note. Like, thank you for letting me pass through your special lands and your special lakes. I didn't touch anything. I made sure I I did, you know, I left no trace. Yeah. Did my best. Like I almost felt like I wanted to send a thank you note. Oh, that's cool. And it was kind of, yeah, it was a really cool experience. And so I felt kind of lucky because my friend Courtney has kind of been taken in by the Tlaman tribe. And so therefore I kind of got to meet them and feel a little bit closer to that, the, the, the link between, you know, what they, how they used to live and what they used to do in those mountains and how they used to forage from place to place and stuff. So it's kind of cool. That's really cool. Wow. It, the whole thing, the whole 112 ish miles of the SET sounds really neat. It sounds like a really yeah. unique short, long hike, if you will. Yes. Very short and very long. <laughs> awesome. Well, Nemo, thanks so much for talking to us and trail show nation about the sunshine coast trail. We really appreciate it. Thank you for sticking with me and for believing in me. Oh, we know. I didn't, I we didn't absolutely know. believe in you, Nemo. You rock. I didn't know my my whole my own Skype name, which was really what I <laughs> I knew what it was. And it, the, the sad thing is, like I was panicking like a deer in headlights. I was like, it can't just be my email, but it was the whole yeah. time. And I just was like, oh, I can't be confident to say that it is, but it it, it was. Oh, so man. sorry about that. Okay. Uh, no worries. Well. Next time you do a hike, let us know. We'd love to have you back on the show. And thank you so much for having me. And um, check out those photos because Shira took 900. 
photos. Oh, all right. So she has, she's, she, she might post, post a link once we get our photos all together. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. I'll be on the lookout for that. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great great night. night. All right. Have a good night, Nemo. Thank you. All right. Bye. 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 We want to welcome Mr. Mike DiLorenzo to the to the room. Yes, just thank joined you. us. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I have uh, arrived here at the uh, legal headquarters of Triple O. That's yes, right. I'm very <laughs> happy right. to be here tonight. Yeah. My pleasure. Excellent. It's been a while. Glad to be back. All right. We're going to do a quick segment with Salty. It's time for a Salty Snack. Time for Salty. And I don't have Salty Snacks music. So if, but salty maybe snacks. you could get that for next I, month. I think salty what we snacks. need to do salty is we snacks. need to get like salty the snacks. Get Swifty yeah, from Rick and Morty and then replace like it with Get Salty. Salt, yeah. people, people, Salty Snacks are not good for you on the trail. We need to hear about what's good for you on the trail. Salty Snacks are good for you on the trail. Sort of. In moderation. You need salt. You definitely you need, need salt. salt. You need salt. Yeah, let's, let's if only we had an expert here to tell yeah. us. <laughs> if only, if only Dilo had listened to the last show. Uh, yeah. I've listened to all the shows, but it's just been so long since I last heard the last show. So okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, did we get a question? This yeah, month? salty. Did we Do. get any questions? Yeah. Okay. Would you like me to read it, or would someone else want to read it? You can read it. You have a I lovely voice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. oh. Okay. I, I was going to say we should just have whoever reads it do it like a British accent. But uh, I guess we, we don't have to. <laughs> Okay. Dear Salty, I'd love to eat mostly whole foods as you advocate, but sometimes that's not always convenient or practical. Sometimes I just need to grab a quick energy bar. I try to look for healthy options, but there are so many to choose from. It's overwhelming. I know some of the bars that are advertised as health bars really aren't all that healthy. Help. Any tips on how to navigate the zillions of options and choose one that will actually support my hiking goals? Thanks. Befuddled in the bar aisle. Befuddled in the bar aisle. Yes. I've been befuddled in the bar aisle before. Yeah, There's it's overwhelming. You know choices. who's not befuddled in the bar aisle? Buck 30 and Skittles. <laughs> they just go straight for the symphony bars. <laughs> Call it good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dear Befuddled, I love this question. All right, because it is overwhelming, and there are so many options. So uh, let's talk a little bit about healthy bars. Uh, so I'll start with saying that most of the bars, well, not most of them, but many are made with cheap, low-quality ingredients. And... That's what you want to look out for um, and avoid, of course, because these contribute to overall inflammation load in your body. Um, and your body's already experiencing a lot of inflammation while you're hiking. More inflammation means more likelihood of illness and injury and lowers the likelihood of feeling good, both in the short term and the long term. And okay. many of the bars contain hidden sugars and they contain additives that can also cause digestive distress and keep you from absorbing all your nutrients. Um, so my tip for bars uh, is just really simple and it's straightforward and it's to flip it over and to look at two things. And the first is the ingredient list and the second is the nutrition label. And I'll talk just a little bit about each of those. So with ingredients, you want to just look for the fewer and the fewer ingredients, the better, basically. Um, look for whole foods, things that you can recognize and pronounce like nuts and seeds, um, dried fruits. So like dates, plums, walnuts, chia, things like that are all great. In protein bars, look for high-quality protein sources, like either from grass-fed animals, grass-fed whey, uh, or collagen, or plant protein blends like chia, hemp, and protein. Um, And if you can afford it, I recommend going for bars that are mostly or all organic so you can avoid the uh, pesticide-drenched ingredients that can burden your body's detox pathways. Um, and as far as ingredients that you want to avoid, um, I recommend steering clear of like the highly processed oils like canola, soy, safflower. Um, these are often refined with harsh chemicals that can um, cause the fats to oxidize and also be inflammatory to the body. 
um, and a couple other ingredients to avoid. I would look out for trans fats and high fructose corn syrup, food colorings, preservatives. Um, and keeping those things in mind is a good place to start with ingredients. Could you talk a little bit about burning your body's detox pathways via pesticides? Burdening, burdening them? Burning. Oh, sorry. I said I meant to say burdening. You said burdening them. Talk about that. What does that mean? Burning what do them. pesticides oh. do to your body's detox yeah, pathways? Right. So when, um, so it, it just kind of like bogs you down because like everything that you ingest that your, your like liver and kidneys have to process more of um, takes cellular energy and just it's like something more ingredients that your body can't use that they have to excrete basically so like the God. synthetic ingredients and if there are like pesticides in there that you, your body is it's like tox, it's, toxins it's, that you have to process it's like a water filter your yeah. water filter is yeah, going to totally. filter out little particles anyway but if you then choose to filter from a water source that's really dirty it has to work extra hard. that's right right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. just that's like common point. sense hmm. <laughs> i have a question since you're talking about bars you said collagen Oh, you yeah. mentioned that word. And I just today in Sprout saw these bulletproof collagen bars. Yes, those are those are one that I like and recommend. Oh, okay. Those I was, are good. And one of the ingredients, it said highly refined coconut oil. What does that mean? Uh, so that's so that's like a, people put that in bars because it's a healthy fat um, that's like a quick. So your body uses it easily for energy. It's similar to MCT oil in that way. Oh, yeah, uh, there was that too. Yeah. I saw that on that. So it's okay. a really good source. It's a, a medium chain fatty acid that's a really good Ooh, healthy MCT, fat. MCT, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> medium chain fatty acid. And then the other thing is um, to actually look at the nutrition label. And so if you want to eat for consistent energy, I would focus my attention on looking at um, first the sugar per serving. And so I won't give you one like, specific amount of grams um, because that can depend on like, w- what other activity you've done that day, your metabolic background, what else you've eaten that day, or other ingredients that are in the bar. But in general, like, the lower the sugar, the better um, for consistent energy. Because if you just eat a ton of carbs and sugar, you're going to spike your blood sugar, and then you're going to get that crash. You're going to want more sugar. You're going to spike your blood, blood sugar and crash. Um, so I recommend first looking at the sugar and then also... Um, looking at protein and fat. So if you have a little bit more protein in the bar, that's going to help regulate your blood sugar as well. And if you have more of those healthy fats, that'll also help to regulate your blood sugar. So healthy fats are sources like like we talked about, the MCT, coconut, um, nuts, seeds. Um, and then if there's fiber in the bar, that's great too, also for regulating your blood sugar and having consistent energy. So I, I've, got a, I've got a bar-related question. Okay. So have, have you seen these? Uh, I think they're called Epic bars, but they're like they're like a meat meat yeah protein bar. Have yeah. you, have you oh. what's a meat your, bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like <laughs> so, an energy bar, like shape and packaging and everything, but it's it's like meat. Can, yeah, I, I eat the salmon bars. Uh, salmon bars? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm, I, I mean, I've I've eaten them. I think they taste okay, but I'm just curious, like from a nutritional standpoint, like. How is it different you know, than just eating some sort of jerky? It's more fat. It seems like, Are at they? least. They, yeah, I mean, it seems like they have a greater fat content. than Like, jerky is pretty much protein. If anybody from the Epic Bar Company would like to send the trail show some samples, we'd be happy to try them on air. I'm very I, curious about I've never yeah. had a meat bar. I've, I've had a few of them, and I, I, I like okay. them. I like but them, too. I, I would be very excited to feed them to my children. No, but to what you're saying, special. Um, I think those are great options because you're those bars. And it, well, okay, so you have to look at the source that they're coming from. If they're like a good grass-fed source, and it's not going to have a lot of like 
nitrates or um, animals that have been fed antibiotics and things like that because it actually does make a difference in mm-hmm. how your body responds to it. But if assuming you're getting a good grass-fed, um, healthy source, uh, like a healthy animal, basically, I think those are good options because you're not going to have it's just the it's just the protein, basically protein and the fat. You're not going to have all of like the sugar or the carbs added to it. And look for ones that don't have a lot of sugar because some of those jerkies can have sugars added to them. But like Epic, I think is a great choice. Um, like Mighty Organic uh, makes a meat bar that's really good. Wild Zora, I just found out about theirs have a meat and veggie in them. Which is really oh, good because wow. you're getting veggies plus meat, so the antioxidants, and you're getting the protein. And I think those are great options rather than just going for like super sugary, high carb bars. And they're a savory option, which I like. I learn something every show. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's all I have to say about bars. Okay. It's okay. basically, yeah. Look at what about you, Out of Order? Do you have anything to say about bars? I, I know that the Out of Order who hiked the PCT and AT is very sad right now about all the Snickers bars. He oh. Ate. oh, man. <laughs> But I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> now only you've been re- you reformed. Yeah. Uh, so I had a question about maltodextrin. Okay. <gasps> okay. So. Oh wait, one more thing about oh, bars. Yeah, please Let me go say because I just thought of something. What we just said about paying attention to the ingredient label and the nutrition label that applies to basically any processed foods you're going to buy. Also, it's not just bars. Like, look, at, do that when you're looking at anything. So yeah, like all those things I just talked about, like what to look for and what to avoid. It's not just in your bars, like. Look for that in everything. And also, um, I just posted on my website like a sample grocery guide if you're looking for other ideas, like under the free resources tab. So it has a lot of those bar recommendations on it. Can you give us that website again? That's katiegerber.com. That's with a K-A-T-I-E, correct? Correct. Correct. Right. Don't don't try it with a Y, people. That's right. (laughs) Disco, you have a question? Yeah, so my question was about maltodextrin. I, I feel like in the last year or two, um, I feel like there's a very small subset of the long distance hiking community that is that is utilizing maltodextrin pretty hard as par- part of their diet, and um, I've heard that it's amazing. I've also heard that it it makes your teeth <laughs> really bad really quickly. So I've heard a lot of different things about it. I'm curious, like, can you comment on people using malto maltodextrin as part of their trail diet? Sure. I can give you my take on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so just to lay the foundation, um, maltodextrin is a starch, so it's a form of carbohydrate, um, and in, it's commonly used in the athletic world to enhance performance. Um, hmm. So a lot of times it's found in, like, gels and goos and, um, like, sports drinks mixes. And okay. All, yeah. Actually, it's a, it's a pretty common food additive, um, but it's especially used in, like, the endurance athletic world. Um, and that's because it's it's rapidly absorbed. So it has a high glycemic index. It's about like oh. 85 to 105, whereas like glucose glucose is at like 100, just to give you an idea of where it is. So it's like pretty okay. high on the GI scale. Um, and because of that, it can also like cause a rapid blood sugar spike, like yeah. we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, but that said, like I think there's a time and a place for like high GI foods in um, like athletic performance and endurance. Okay. Um, there, I mean, when I've looked into, like, studies with Malto, there are mixed results. I mean, there's lots of studies that show, yeah, it's, like, giving people faster marathons. I mean, there's a long history of, like, the, the performance-enhancing effects. Um, and there's also, you know, some studies showing that, like, you don't want to use it, like, long-term and use it heavily. You know, it's more okay. of, like, a short-term. Um, like, I, I mean, I would think of it as good if you're doing a race or if you have like an intense, intense burst of activity. And then also as like okay. a, a post 
workout recovery because it can be hmm. good for refueling muscle glycogen. But because of its high glycemic index, um, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't believe it to be good for long-term health to be mainlining it all day right. long. So, so, so no needles. No needles. No needles, <laughs> right. So basically, if you're on a four-month thru-hike, and the only thing you're doing is consuming maltodextrin and <laughs> drinking water, this is probably not a good recipe. Then probably if you're doing that, your name is Twinkle, you're two feet tall, and you got six cavities after your thru-hike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just call it so out. While we're on the subject of maltodextrin, I've noticed that one of the prime ingredients in my favorite taco seasoning is maltodextrin. And that yeah. would be the old El Paso taco seasoning, which mm. really just brings out the flavor <laughs> in you know, the really cheap meat that you're going to cook for your tacos type of thing. So I, talk to me about old El Paso taco seasoning. <laughs> Do you recommend that hikers you know, pack out like 10 packets of Gross. old El Paso no, taco dude, seasoning no, and no, you put them all basically in one everything bag. that they're going to eat with this to get a very high dose of maltodextrin with some old El Paso flavor? I, I think I, I just threw that. up. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Thanks. No. All right, next question. Yeah. So, you know, my, my whole thing with maltodextrin is it's disgusting. Is it? Yeah, it tastes foul to me. Uh, like like rotten somehow, and hmm. uh, and you know food should be fuel, but man, there should also be like a little bit of enjoyment component going so on there. So the too. next time, special the next time you're going to cook some tacos, get yourself a, a 99 huh. cent packet of Old El Paso. Go is, go with that. Go with the hot. Go with the hot man. Go with the hot. Go with the hot style. Go with the hot style. I go with milds because I have youngsters. Go with the hot because you're a man. You're a grown, grown human being, not necessarily man, ladies, but just you're. You know, you could take it. You could take the heat, right? Get yourself old El Paso hot. Spike your meat with it. <laughs> Let's talk about it next month. Put it, put it in with your ground beef, and then throw some tater tots on top and some cheese. Yeah, and put that in a taco and call it good. Yeah, take you, it back to you, Minnesota. You, you know, I used it. to work in a Mexican restaurant as a cook. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not using old El Paso. Uh, no? So let's can we can we can we derail the show real quick and tell me? What, I think we have. What would you oh, use? Off. Okay, so there are I no rails even right, in sight. All right, I'm gonna come clean. I'm gonna come clean. You had tacos tonight, didn't you? No, that's I didn't. why you were no, late I didn't. to the show. But I admit I have, it. No, I had. I did not have cooked tacos tonight. But I have been using old El Paso taco seasoning because it works great with, you know, turkey and beans and beef, whatever you're putting in, whatever sort of protein you're putting in your tacos. It works really good to give it a good flavor, but I feel bad about it. I feel really bad about it. So don't it. use it. So what should I do? You just, worked in a Mexican just restaurant. Just use like chili powder and yeah. some yeah, cumin. Garlic. Like just yeah. talk to me. T- take I that, want a take that, that old El Paso yeah. and turn it over and look at it. And the uh-huh. things that look like spices, yeah. go to your cupboard and pull okay. those out and then just use that. Okay, you know, I want a recipe. Those, do you have a all recipe? All of those spice kits. Yeah, it's I on do. the back of your old, old, old El Paso. <laughs> just just remove all of those things that aren't in your spice kit, like the the different preservatives and crazy salts and all that kind of crap. I can't hear. If you're going to whack the tubes, I can't hear it, Disco. I just... It's all right. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm trying to just levels of whack tubes at the same time. And D-Lo, I'll, I'm I'll a send, forester, not a magician. I'll send you my taco season. Okay, please do. Recipe. And I'll share yeah. it with our listeners on our Twitter page. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Lovely. There we go. Let's all right. Great. Thanks, everybody. Katie, yes. did you want to say anything <laughs> else about Malto, or did we uh, cover or, it? Or taco seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> no comments on taco seasoning uh, for Malto. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think for activities like hiking, especially when we're not like racing or competing, I don't really see that much of a role for it. Uh, I mean, if people want to eat it or you know consume it, drink it, whatever here and there, okay, I wouldn't drink it all day long. Um, but right. for glycogen and energy, like glycogen recovery in your muscles and then energy, I would just go for more whole food sources of that, like dried fruits or um, even like, like clean chips, you know, that don't have a lot of crazy ingredients in them or you yeah. know. I mean, things that where you're going to get other micronutrients in there and maybe some healthy fats. Just, I mean. Okay. Yeah. That's it my seems, comments on that. Seems logical. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. We've got to take a break. Folks, when we come back, we've got Brian Sargent from the Colorado 14ers Initiative. This is Buck 30, and I f***ing hate the trial show. Wow, so much <laughs> anger. <laughs> At least he's honest, you know? That's true. At least he's honest. Hey, let's check in on the beer. I noticed some of the Vermont beers have been cracked. Dilo, what do you have in your hand? I have a Focal Point Triple IPA from the Alchemist in Vermont. ABV Focal 7. Banger. Focal Banger. 7% by volume. It's a talking to the mic, ale. my friend. Come on. It is brewed from Waterbury. It is brewed in Waterbury, Vermont, which is in north central Vermont. And um, I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've done this. So if I may, <laughs> Focal Banger is an American India Pale Ale. We have a real love for IPAs here at The Alchemist. And we strive to offer you the best hop experience that we possibly can. And you should feel free to cut me off at any time because I don't have headphones and I don't know when you're going to do such All a right, thing. So I could just keep talking. And go with it, man. You guys could talk about it. We usually edit you mind. out anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> this beer is brewed using citra and mosaic hops and our favorite British malts, truly an abundance of hoppy goodness. Freshness and control have always been my main concern when it comes to our beer. We are committed to providing you Dilo, what about the beer on your right, man? What about the beer on your right? Come on, experience. come on. What Wait, about read the can? last part on that can, Dilo. What What's does the, it say? Uh, the last part on all of the cans by Alchemist Brewing in Vermont is, don't be a D-bag. Recycle this can. It's great. Nice. great advice. What, what beer is that you have in your hand? Uh, yeah, I had the pleasure of trying the Heady Topper uh, by yeah. Alchemist Brewing. Uh, Heady Topper is an American double IPA. Uh, beer is not intended to be the biggest or the most bitter. It's meant to give you wave after wave of hoppy goodness on your palate. What did you think about it? That was your first time trying it. What did you think? Of it was. Uh, I thought it kind of had uh, almost the style of the hazy IPA style that's sure. going on right now, like Odd 13 just down the road here. Yeah. That was, that was my <laughs> take on it. Was what, what's the problem, Dilo? Are you all right? <laughs> I have a personal vendetta against the New England style IPA at this point in my life. Oh. Okay. It sounds like a personal issue. But, but anyway, that, uh, did, did, so do you enjoy that style or no? Uh, I did. Um, yeah, I haven't, haven't been drinking beer a whole lot lately, but it was okay. it's refreshing. Cool. Dilo's going to get into the uh, Tank 10. Uh, Where, is that a Vermont beer? Uh, no, this is a Canadian one. We also opened a Canadian red oh, okay. earlier. This is the uh, Octopus Wants to Fight IPA. What? And it's, it's got a really great logo on it. <laughs> Where in the Great Lakes I'll is take it? take all eight It's from Toronto. Mm-hmm. So. The and, and then we what's had that. that uh, what's that? What do you have over here? 
I have from Lost Nation Brewing in Vermont. Wow. A ghost goose. Goza. Goza. I'm a rookie. It's German. <laughs> uh, but it's they also, German. That's why I, th- yeah. I gave you that one. I thought you would like it. I mean, I, I wasn't in Germany oh, for the wow. beer. <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> uh, it also has a nice uh, little note. Hey, man, please recycle. Oh, cool. On it. Excellent. How did you, uh, did you find it to be slightly tart? It was nice. It's brewed with sea salt and coriander. And Ooh, oh, so coriander. I, I felt very fancy. Okay. Hey, this, uh, this I, was trying, I was trying to place it. I was like, there's some weird flavor going on here, and I can't quite figure it out. But y- yep, coriander. This octopus yeah. beer actually has a glassware suggestion. <gasps> what? Yeah. Well, what's the suggestion? It's a GLB revival. The alchemist beers are the opposite. It says, drink this from the can. Interesting. Anyway. All right, well... I think we are caught up on our beer. We'll keep uh, checking in as the night continues. Sounds like a great idea. We've got Bryant Sargent in studio this month. He Yay! Is- Yay! Yay! He's the <laughs> development and communications coordinator for the Colorado 14ers Initiative. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us on the show yeah, tonight. It's been great so far. Cool. Um, well, we've got lots of questions for you. So maybe... We could just start with what is the what does CFI do? What's your mission? What do you guys do? Yeah, Colorado Fourteeners Initiative is a, a nonprofit. We're based in Golden, Colorado. Uh, we actually partner with the U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management to do trail uh, maintenance projects, trail construction projects, uh, alpine ecosystem restoration, uh, as well as um, educating of hikers. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we and we've had Marcus Selig from uh, National Forest Foundation on the show sure. before, and he's mentioned. Uh, I think he's par- NFF has partnered with you guys on some projects. Yeah, maybe they're they've Mount been Albert, historically that? one of our largest uh, foundation partners. Okay, um, we are currently in this new campaign called the Find Your Fourteener campaign. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's hopefully five years, potentially three to five million dollars. If Marcus is is lick, listening, <laughs> five million dollars would be the way to go. Yeah, maybe um, ten million. We'll see. So that's a collaborative stewardship project. We're bringing together all sorts of different Colorado uh, trail stewardship groups, like Volunteers for Outdoor Colorado, Rocky Mountain Field Institute, uh, Wildlands Restoration Volunteers, to all kind of um, increase the pace and the scale at which we're able to do these trail construction projects. Um, okay. Mount Elbert is uh, currently the project that they're funding uh, us to work on. We've got a four to five year new trail construction project going on on wow. Mount Elbert. Is this like it, a new a new route or a um, like replacing an existing routes like de- like a, degraded trail? A little bit of both. Um, so in 2017, we actually cut new tread um, down below Treeline. It's a beautiful trail through the Aspens. Um, and then we were able to go back and actually restore, close and restore an old fall line trail that had gone basically straight up the mountain and was severely eroded. Um, so there's portions of it that are actually new trail construction, other portions that are reconstructing existing trail. Okay. Yep. Um, so you guys are actually doing work on Mount Albert right now? Currently, there are probably people... Uh, camped out in the backcountry uh, oh, on cool. that peak. There's probably a couple volunteer projects going on this weekend. At so at the calendar. how many trail crews, like how many people are, are working under the CFI umbrella like right now as we speak? Sure. So CFI has five full-time employees, uh, myself included in those. In May, we bring on 
20 to 25 seasonal crew members. These are ex- highly experienced, paid professionals um, that live and work in the backcountry. Uh, we've got four different fixed site crews that are um, okay. on separate peaks this year. So that would be Mount Columbia is a really large, intensive project. We heard about that as one. As well as uh, Mount Elbert. Yeah. We've also got a, a smaller two-person crew that's uh, on Quandry Peak, as well as Mount Evans. Okay. So. What's the uh, two people? Seems like a pretty small trail crew. What are, what's going yeah. on there? So it's been this really cool model that we honed in on Mount of the Holy Cross uh, between 2011 and 13. It, it really allows us to get this smaller crew up to some of the higher portions of the trail. So the folks on Quandry Peak are working at 13,700 feet wow. and above, kind yeah. of the last stretches of the mountain there. Right. Um, we've got volunteers that are able to come in and help them do projects in, in different areas, but a lot of times the volunteers might not be fit enough to actually make it up to the, sure. the upper portion. So we've got people that get up every single day and hike the mountain, the, the entire stretch of the mountain, and then work Whoa. up there all day. So. Yeah, I'd love to see That's what, what I need to do. love to see it's what their spot. red blood cell count is at the end of the summer, but it's... right. Off the charts. Yeah, it's a good weight loss program. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I bet. And they're camping. I mean, they're camping at elevation too, right? Yeah, we, we're camped below tree line, obviously. Okay, okay. Um, Are they eating malto? Say that again? Are they eating malto? Maltodextrin? I'm sure there is maltodextrin. <laughs> some of oh, diets. my God. Yes. Funding cut. That's no, it. just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, very cool. So I, I didn't realize that you guys had 25... Folks yep. out on trail crews at any given time. That's yeah. A little more than half of those folks are on those fixed site projects where they okay. might be working ten day hitches, where they're in the backcountry for ten days and then they're off for five days. Um, the other, we've got eight folks that are part of our Adopt a Peak crews. Um, they mm. travel around the state and engage volunteer partner organizations. We work with local businesses. Um, we work with youth camps and. Okay. Other Could the trail groups. show adopt a peak if we wanted to? Uh, we would love to do that. Yeah, if you Ooh. guys wanted to to piggyback on another project, or if you guys could recruit some of your own volunteers. You know, if we had a oh, project yeah. of ten to fifteen volunteers, we could take you on a single day or even a multi day project. Oh, that this, would be yeah. totally cool. Special. Yeah. We might need yeah. to figure something out for sure. This, uh, by the way, this man over here hiked all of the fourteeners in one continuous shot in one summer. He's he's our fourteeners expert. He on not just bagged all the peaks, but he connected them. So he did a through hike oh, really? of the fourteeners. He, he walked between them. To, yes, and then climbed them. Yeah, That's impressive. Fifty four or fifty eight? What was we your... did the fifty eight list? Okay, I mean yeah, you're you're them. right next to those asterisk peaks once you're uh, on, exactly. on the main fourteeners anyway. So. Sure. Yeah. Nice. So I'm curious. Well, a couple of things. I wanted you to address. Um, kind of what volunteer opportunities there are for your average, you know, schmuck who's, you know, living in the city and maybe Mm -hmm. has some weekends free and can do stuff. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, we had talked about doing uh, Harvard and Columbia this summer. And then I saw that CFI is working up there and they actually, they suggest that you wait until next summer to do it. And so I wanted you to kind of talk about um, why, when CFI puts out those types of recommendations, um, what's going on, what are the dangers, or, or, or even just, like, why is it helpful? Sure. So I'll start with the Harvard and Columbia. Yeah. Um, we've got a very large scale, probably one of our most technically difficult projects we've ever done going on on Mount Columbia. 
historically the the west slopes, which is the standard route on that peak, um, has been considered one of the just most dreadful climbs. It's loose, it's steep, it's it's just a slog. It's not super fun. Uh, we've got a crew up there. They're on the third year of building a brand new trail. Um, wow. This year they're working. It, way higher up on the slopes, but in an area that's kind of devoid of rocks and the materials that we use to build and actually harden the trails. Um, so we've got these 150-foot-long uh, cable trams. They're basically zip lines for rocks. They're moving Whoa. rocks from higher portions of the mountain down below where they're using them to build retention structures to hold the soil in and... Um, uh, stairways to make the the trail surface. You don't just get harder. some Texans at the top to just throw rocks downhill. They're not <laughs> helicoptered in. Uh, we get a lot of those questions. Yeah, oh man, that's uh, cool. So obviously, with that project, we're advising folks to stay off the trail. It's going to look extremely appealing to get on this nice. It's almost a, a paved path because they're using so much stone. Um, and and the reason we do that is because. Once you get above tree line, uh, you're entering this different ecosystem. So the alpine tundra are plants that are inc- have evolved over time uh, to survive some of these really harsh uh, environments that they're living in. So you've got UV radiation, strong winds, long periods of freezing temperatures. They're cr- incredibly um, strong, but at the same time, they're incredibly fragile. So just five footsteps from a human can actually kill off one of these plants. that's maybe been taking decades to grow. Um, cool little stat for you that, uh, we've, there's been research that's shown, uh, it takes up to a thousand years for one inch of soil to be deposited up in the Alpine. Wow. So if you're hiking this trail and it's all eroded and cupped out and you're, you know, it's up to your ankles. Yeah. That's 6,000 years of, Soil deposition. So I guess. Well, you, you so know, I guess if you if people are building, then people are going to walk around. Is that what you're thinking? And they're going to destroy the vegetation. Yeah. So we go in and we use native materials uh, with primitive tools. Uh, that project is in wilderness, so um, for sure, primitive tools. Um, we're hardening that trail tread surface um, and delineating the trail corridor, trying to keep people on the trail and off of that fragile alpine tundra. Um, and ultimately, in 2020, when the, the new trail is opened. Uh, we'll actually be able to go back to that old route, which you guys may hike if if you chose to go up this season or even next season. Um, and we'll completely close and restore that. We'll transplant vegetation so that over time uh, it grows okay. back in to its natural state. I think so. I, you know, I, we talked about the the vegetation, but um, you know, there's also the soils, right? I mean, uh, the mm-hmm. alpine soils they're similar in some ways to like the desert cryptobiotic. Takes a long time for those to form. Yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about uh, how staying on the trail can help preserve some of that, and and why the trail building is important for that reason? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, these soils are ancient. Um, they're not the same as soils that you would find below tree line. Uh, they're kind of lacking the organic matter um, that helps these plants grow. So, it takes a long time for these things to develop thousands of years. Um, so staying on trail is going to be in- incredibly important in those regards. P.O.D. and I, we're going to hike it this year, and, and I guess if it's still under construction next year, I think maybe we wait till 2020. Yeah, who cares? I mean, we yeah, I'd rather hike the, the new trail yeah. that's super nice, you know? Dilo. 
The mountains aren't going anywhere. That's right. They're exactly. And then, well, technically, they're all going down. It's true. You know. That's true. Well, anyway, that's true. And w- and then my other question was about volunteer opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So most of our volunteer opportunities are kind of released to the public in early spring. We do it February through April. Um, we've got projects that we recruit directly through our website. Um, those can be multi-day trips, which are usually five nights, four-day projects. You meet up on like a Thursday afternoon, meet our crew members, and then hike into the backcountry. The next day you're waking up and you're hiking farther into uh, the wilderness to go do trail maintenance and coming back down to your base camp below treeline every night. Um, this year I think we have 10 projects scheduled like that. Uh, there's two of them that are left. Obviously we work only in the snow-free months. Uh, so our season's very confined yeah. to, to May to the end of September, really. Um, and then we do three to five single-day projects, which we can usually do on wilderness peaks. So there's mm-hmm. not group size limits. We can have larger groups of people, 30 to 50 volunteers. Right on. Brian, do you find that your trail volunteer projects that are further from the metro areas here in the state of Colorado have fewer volunteers than the projects that are closer to the metro areas? And if so, how do you work with that? with work with that problem we've actually kind of find the opposite um we have an incredibly awesome group of volunteers that are die hard uh these projects that we recruit through our website are usually sold out or or booked on wait lists within 72 hours of our us releasing the links wow um so people go wild over this we've got folks that do four and five projects in a single summer and we've got wait lists you know that are could could potentially fill an entire another project if we had the resources and the time to actually So do you it. said if you had the resources and the time. Yeah. So if people were interested in uh, supporting CFI through like, you know, there's various like uh, Amazon Smile and sure. things like that. What's what's one of the best ways for them to, to get some loot into your pocket so that you guys can fund some more work? Yeah. Donations going straight through our website, which is 14ers.org. That's 1-4-E-R-S. Dot .org uh, those are going to go directly into trail maintenance. So um, what else what else can you tell us about CFI? Yeah. yeah. So we've got one of my other responsibilities is um, kind of phase 2 of what we call the sustainable trails program. Uh, the, f- the first phase happened in 2011 to 2013. Um, my coworker hiked 42 of the routes, and he did foot-by-foot GPS route condition inventory. So he was collecting data wow. on... <laughs> so, you all right, man? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you know, that's that's a lot of foot-by-foot data to yeah. collect is all. That's, he, okay. yeah. yeah, he was, you know, staring at his little GPS recording notes, and people would be yelling at him, hey, dude, the trail's up here, like thinking that he's lost because yeah. he would stop every foot and make notes on where oh my God. existing trail features wow. needed to be maintained, what the how far the source materials were from that, what the cost was going to be to actually um, – bring those features up and where new 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 features were going to need to be built. That's but, a huge level of effort right there. To, it is. I mean, um, <laughs> we were able to distill these like 20,000 data points down uh, into our the, what we call the first statewide 14er report card. That's only okay. possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's only possible if you've been mainline in Malto. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of maltodextrin. Exactly. Okay. Um yeah, so we've got this report card. It gives us uh, a letter grade for each of the routes associated with 
how the conditions are on the ground. Okay. Um, and then also associated a cost of bringing those up to what we would consider sustainable grade. With that, it, one of the lowest ranking peaks was Mount Chavano, which is located oh. just down by Salida. You guys sure. probably look at it all the time. It's the closest 14 er to our doorstep. Yeah, it was so uh, rated yeah. an F at the time and <gasps> continually is getting wow. worse. Um, a lot of that is due to these private land issues that were on that mountain. Okay. So from the summit uh, down to the to the south, uh, to the nearest peak, that, that whole saddle actually has 10 privately owned mining claims on it. And the current trail alignment goes right through yeah. um, right through those mining claims. Uh, the Forest Service won't allow us to do a new trail construction project because it would be going through private land. So ah. our executive director and some of our board members actually started researching what it would take to purchase some of the land. Uh, and in early 2017, we raised $50,000, purchased three of the mining claims, which okay. upon – Resurveying actually includes the summit of Mount Shavana. So nice. Colorado 14ers Initiative currently owns uh, the, <laughs> the summit. summit of Mount Shavana, which will allow us to work with the Forest Service to, to rebuild a new route. Um, and ultimately, we're going to donate the land back to the Forest Service, which creates public land for everybody. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's really sweet. Yeah. Huh. So you guys, not only do you organize trail work, you also kind of own a 14er. We own a 14er. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to get as much research as we can to actually quantify, you know, where work needs to be done. And it helps us report back to funders where their money is going and what we're building with it and how trail conditions are changing over time. We're going to be going back uh, 2017 and 2018 and doing secondary inventories on these peaks. So it'll actually be able to tell us uh, how conditions have changed over time, where our money, our investments in time and, and money have been a benefit and maybe where we can do better. Okay. So I'm curious, you, you said uh, that there were like 10 uh, private mining claims um, up there and that y'all bought three of them. Correct. Um, is ownership of all of those mining claims like established or are some of those like ones where there was a mining claim, but there's no heir apparent to those claims and so there's no one to actually buy them from? Uh, this was an incredibly difficult process. Um, a couple of our directors on our board uh are oil and gas and land guys uh so they had the resources to sort of look into these things um a, most of them if i recall correctly were actually owned by different people and these are small little you know acre plots um the three that we purchased uh one of them i think the folks were living in salida so it was kind of an easy thing huh. to contact them they were super into it yeah we um, were totally down with si selling our mining claim oh, was that you guys <laughs> yeah. uh and there was another one that uh it was a much longer process reaching out to you know somebody uh we went through a phone book in uh, Nebraska, I believe, and contacted like every person that had this name until we found, oh, okay, that was his father. The father's passed away. And wow. It was this whole process of dealing with the family and the rights. And, yeah. Because that's sort of a big deal on, on Bross as well, right? I mean, like there's that, that place is just you know, patchwork of, of private mining. Claims. Yeah. Uh, as well as Mount Sherman, uh, Mount Lindsay also has some private land. We've been mm. looking into, we've reached out to Leadville mining company. We're trying to talk to them about potentially doing something similar, uh, accessing an easement for the trail that goes up Mount Sherman. Um, and we're working with the landowners down on Mount Lindsay. Um, 
to hopefully wow. potentially get an easement that goes through their land. So I, I want to change gears just a little bit and, sure. and ask you a question about, so, you know, obviously the 14ers are, are huge draws to the state um, as far as tourist people, you know, right? Yeah. So this is, this is true both within state as well as for people coming from out of state. Um, and most of them are not going to be able to come out and do a 14er as part of a volunteer project, but that doesn't mean that they can't have some sort of a beneficial impact rather than a negative impact while they're out there. So my question is kind of like, what are some of the, the most common, um, impacts that you see that you think the general user who's coming out there for, for a day, uh, can actually take some steps to, prevent themselves from, from worsening the situation or maybe maybe even do something to, to help out the situation outside of the context of like an organized work party? Just so you know, we do actually have folks that come from out of state for our projects. We have folks that uh, live in Florida and they'll, they'll fly out and uh, join us on our projects. Wow. That's right. Floridians represent Florida. <laughs> out of orders from Florida. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. But he was from Cuba. Yeah. I feel like that was a slightly shady comment. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. Please. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from actually, you know, staying on the trail um, and being just a, a better educated hiker, um, yeah, a lot of it comes down to probably safety for those folks uh, that may be coming out. Um, we're going to be releasing some mountain safety videos uh, in the next few weeks here. They're going to talk about, you know, climbing your first class three route, uh, how altitude sickness and some mountain-related illnesses are going to affect you if you're coming from sea level and trying to go straight up Mount Beerstadt in a day. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of that probably is more so, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what about poop? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know you guys, I, I've heard you guys like to talk about poop on the show. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's a big deal. Us. Good reputation. Impossible. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, poop obviously is a, a huge problem on the 14ers. Um, we just released a report recently that's a culmination of several years with these infrared trail counters uh, placed along 22 different routes in the state. Yeah. Um, we estimate that there's 334,000 hiker use days that occurred on the 14ers wow. in 2017. So you've got... I'd just like to point out that most people poop once a day. You've got a lot of people going At up least. there. Um, yeah. Our solution and what we practice is uh, entirely leave no trace. We utilize wag bags sure. uh, made by you know clean waste out of Montana. Um, these are handy little things. They're super lightweight. Um, got all the necessary materials you need in it, but pop it open and it's got a big target, basically a trash bag that you poop in with some, some kitty litter and things to dissolve it and um, actually yeah. eliminate the odors and then you pack that out with you. So that's, you know, obviously a, right. a sensitive subject for some folks. Um, <laughs> we're used to it because we're up there and that's what, sure. that's what we do. Um, but ultimately that's kind of what need, needs, to, needs to happen. All right. Well, man, thanks so much for, is there anything else you want to get out there before we move on? No. Uh, yeah, I think we're. I think I've covered. Okay. Covered yeah, we, we covered a lot of ground tonight. Time, so yeah. Well, sure. we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. And uh, we would definitely want to send folks to fourteeners.org. It's one four ers.org, and uh, get involved, volunteer, make a donation. Yeah, you can check us out. Large on donation. Facebook, yeah. uh, Colorado Fourteeners Initiative. We're also on Instagram, and then 
Uh, we've got a YouTube channel that has uh, okay. over 50 videos at this point that talk about avalanche safety, uh, weather safety in the mountains, um, all sorts of educational topics. Excellent. Awesome. We will post a link. Sweet. All righty. We've got an audio clip from The Onion. Why don't we play that, and then we'll talk about trips. All right. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Trio Show. It's The Onion. It's Friday, July 20th, and I'm discovering... Uh, that the Great Divide Trail really is, in fact, a four-season trail, like everybody on the Facebook group says it was, says it, said, said it was. Oh, God. I'm not going to die, but my toes might. Oh, man. Oh, God. It, it sounds like Virgil all of a sudden. Rainy, and you just, okay, well, you just keep going. And then, oh, and then it was Haley... And there was nowhere to stop because I was in this meadow, this worst, literally described as some of the most, uh, the most uncomfortable walking on the GDT because it's just this totally overgrown meadow. Oh God, it was bad and just <laughs> hail and I couldn't feel my feet. And now I guess I'm in my tent and I guess they're warming up and oh my gosh, they hurt so bad. Uh, so today is over for me. I uh, did not even 20K, and this is uh, maybe one of the only times I can think of that the weather uh, made me pull up early. But, uh, oh gosh, oh man. <laughs> if the CDT is Embrace the Brutality, then the GDT is make love to the torture or something like that <laughs> make love to the torture that's oh, no. that's the great divide trail for you <laughs> oh we just had a beer spillage well that's, i just like everybody to know that that dilo is not the one that spilled the beer dilo he's not my beer, I, my beer I, stayed in the can and i know that everybody probably as soon the as they heard spilled beer thought Dilo, yeah, come on, dude. But, 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 but I did in his see, defense, I did him. see Dilo shaking that can before he handed oh, it over to Brown. Oh. It was, the fix was in. P.O.D., P.O.D., I would just, I'm going to come clean, if that's okay. Okay. That's the second beer I spilled this week. <laughs> Do you know where the first beer I spilled this week was, P.O.D.? In your office. At my desk. <laughs> Like on my desk, on your computer, on my computer. Oh, oh no! And everybody's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And people came and rushed to my rescue and mopped up the beer. And I, it's all right. It happens all the time. Did your computer make it? So Uh, yeah. Did did you get an intervention the next day? No, I didn't. (laughs) Nobody, nobody really cared that much. So what was it? The (laughs) Onion was saying, "Make love to the uh, torture." Torture. You know, I've actually heard that before. Really? I heard it. I think it was one of uh, Wendy's wedding vows when she married Dilo. Oh, wow. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah, this is great that I have headphones on now. I can hear all this stuff. It's a tough, <laughs> tough crowd. I Dilo. couldn't hear all this before. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Uh, anyway, I hope um, the onion... Well, we, he did make it, right? He's done. Don't we know this? Yeah, I think, I think... The, He's what, done. He's in you know Washington, D.C. right now. We need another clip, onion. Yeah. We T- tell us about the grand finish. Is someone? Uh, Man, I can't believe Brian right spilled that beer. I would just like to ask the onion how much ice he's bringing with him on his trip to Washington D.C. You know, just because there's no ice along the way, type of thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. But typically, ISIS, the only ICE he knows about is in your refrigerator. But anyway, that's a story. Freezer. I think day. he knows about the ISIS crisis. <laughs> 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 okay. Let's talk about trips. Trips. Wait, before we can okay. go to trips, I want to give a plug out to L.A. Salami, who sang a song called The ISIS Crisis, which I'd like all of our listeners to listen to when they get a chance. Can you sing us a few stanzas? The ISIS Crisis! Dude, it's a bit of a punk rock folk song. It's okay. really good. I encourage everybody to listen to L.A. Salami, ISIS Crisis. Well, based on that lyric, man, I'm going to... The gonna... ISIS Crisis! <laughs> yes, Trails Show Legal is investigating D'Lo for making <laughs> side endorsements with both old El Paso... <laughs> actually, L.A. You, you laugh. You say L.A. Salami. You're like, what is LA that? Salami. It's actually a, a very prominent, uh, very common... I don't know if it's a Hindu name. In any case, D'Lo just bought some stock. It's so. common. Yeah. Interesting. But LA Salami, <laughs> ISIS Crisis. Check it out, listeners. All right, trips. It's time for some trips. Or do you want to do mailbag first? Sure. Let's do mailbag. I feel like we need some music. Okay. All right, folks. Do we, we got a little mailbag here. We got some mail this month, Peyote. We do. We do. Okay. Item number uno. <clears throat> Dear Trill Show, have you seen the new Hover Glide backpacks? This is going to change backpacking forever. Just think, instead of shaving off shaving pounds off my current 25-pound pack, I can just go and go ahead and throw in the duplicate blowtorch, extra pair of jeans, glass bottles of beers, machete, and binoculars, and will still feel like I'm carrying less than my current pack. Can't wait to try this try out this new pack with my REI backpack bodysuit. Wash pot. I, you know, somebody sent me a picture of this thing, and I thought it was just like a Photoshop job. I, I don't know. Is this a real thing? It's a real it, thing. It's a real thing, and it looks really stupid. Too. And, they're and doing, what's it supposed to do? They're going to crowdfund it. So basically, I actually read an article about it. The idea is that the backpack bounces opposite of your bounce when you're walking, and so when you're on the upstride, it's going down. And when you're on the downstride, putting pressure on your knees what? and your joints, it's going up. And so the weight of the pack is, in theory, not adding tension to you. Except your for at the points where it's transitioning from upward to downward or from downward to upward, at which point you're going to feel like a serious pull in one direction. Yeah, well, I another. feel like it's going to like stop, like, you know, be yeah. like clicking. I mean, to me, the, it's, it seems like a really bad way to solve the physics problem of you want your backpack to not like be out of phase with you well right? and you want, your, you want the motion of your backpack to be like with you this one puts it exactly opposite yeah. of you and okay. and like when it's going from when it's changing modes from up to down or what or the other way around yeah you're, you're gonna have like serious peaks in in the amount of like pressure you'll feel on the harness during those times well and when it goes all the way to its upper extension and lower extension you're gonna feel a jerk on the pack also, in the videos, like the advertisement, they show people like sprinting with yeah, like, yeah, backpacks. Yeah, like all these people <laughs> running with backpacks. I'm like, yeah, it's not how I backpack. No. Yeah, and also they talk about how it's so great because your 57-pound pack will now only feel like a 48-pound pack. Well, and so also, I mean, like, you know, when you're packing your pack, you want to get all the heavy, dense <clears throat> stuff as close to your spine as possible, right? Right. By adding this hardware, you're just adding a, another couple of inches of pulling. Yeah. Pulling the load further away from from where your 
you want it to be. We need a review. So. We need someone yeah, to so review this it pack. Yeah, we should. By the way, Washpaw was totally it. kidding about that. He's obviously not going to use that pack. Right. But okay. He thought it was funny. Any All more right. letters? Yes. Uh, let's see. Dila, do you want to read number two? Number two. <clears throat> Dear Out of Order. I have often felt like listening to the trail show has decreased my life expectancy by 10 plus years due to the sheer volume of nonsense that is discussed each month. Recently, my doctor performed a routine examination and confirmed my suspicions. My life expectancy has been drastically reduced by listening to the trail show. As a result, I am hereby informing you of my intent to file a cease and desist letter with my attorney which I will be forwarding to legalatthetrailshow.com upon completion. Please be aware that if you and your colleagues immediately cease to record more nonsense and remove your archive of past recordings from iTunes, Stitcher, and thetrailshow.com, I will not proceed with this action. Yours, Michelle Dorenzo. And now, over to Michelle. Out of Order uh, with our Michelle. rebuttal. Triple O, is, do we have anything to say? Triple O is our legal counsel, by the way, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, listeners. I am not the legal counsel of anyone. He's, he's, he's just the trail <laughs> show paralegal. I, yeah, that's about I get. I don't think he's quite past the bar yet in Colorado. <laughs> Otherwise, he would be, you know, jumping, he's, he, chomping at the bit we'll to find claim out in, that, in six months. that title. Yes. Yes. Mr. Renzo. Well, we do not. Renzo. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> I know. I was just repeating it. Dorenzo. Well, Dorenzo, not to be confused with Dan- Michael DiLorenzo. Right. Not, it's Absolutely not me. Absolutely not. I did not write this. Absolutely not. Uh, well, we do not concede that the trail show has caused any adverse impact on your life expectancy. If it had, we think it is clear. The time moves so slowly during the beer label reading segments to more than compensate for any loss. In fact, time moves so slowly during that particular segment that we estimate each show adds an additional 7.3 months to the average listener's <laughs> experienced <laughs> lifetime. Conservatively. Conser- yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously. Could, it could be as much as eight and a half. Easily, easily. Uh, when you include Just call it nine. Just call it nine. <laughs> Special. When you include any inevitable sound effects that follow and the usual vicious harassment that follows from POD, our estimates calculate an additional 3.2... What? Are you kidding me? (laughs) 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 I I like that incredulity there. We calculate an additional 3.2 months of experience time, bringing the average total of additional time to 10.5 months, nearly a full year of additional time per show. If you choose to continue to pursue this frivolous lawsuit, we strongly consider a countersuit demanding compensation for the net gain and experienced life you have received from listening to the trail show. Yours truly, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Trail show intern. There you go. That's a hell of a mailbag. Yeah, it's really awesome that we have such crack legal counsel, like real legal counsel there's on the trial show now. Like, the, this is cool. This is cool. <laughs> we haven't had this before. I know. This is this yeah. takes us into a whole other stratosphere. I know. We can, we really can be st- reckless now. We can stretch, All right. I've stretch been the limits and push the bounds. <laughs> there's some like other legal concepts like coming to the nuisance that well, might, might have I, I was hoping that you could you could get our patent protection going for just the use of the term trail. I figure <laughs> I, I figure if we can get if, if we can you know if we get, can, get a, if we yeah, can trademark if we can copyright trail, then 
Think of all the cease and desist letters that we could send out to wow. so many different people. Like wow. the CFI, man. We could put the C- we could stop the CFI yeah, yeah, in start, their tracks. You, you'll have to start calling your trails <laughs> routes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we're gonna trademark no comment. Our trail. <laughs> that first goal of having to patent or trademark the ask the hiker section and and uh, well, we've uh, already true. had. Uh, yeah, true. we gotta finalize that dispute. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still we working that out. we got to sue the hiking out. skirt off of uh, Snorkel. Yeah. yeah. We're coming for you. There it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have to go to break. When we come back, we've got Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo and the rest of the show. Don't go anywhere. The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. All right, we're back, baby. Let's talk about trips. Let's talk oh. about trips, baby. Let's talk about people you. have gone you places. Tripping? Let's talk about all the trips that you and me have been on, baby. Especially lately. Where have you been? <laughs> you traveled the furthest, so let's start um, with you. Let's see. Okay, so yeah. I went to Florida. Okay. I was in Florida for a couple of weeks uh, up in the panhandle there. Florida um, Trail? Near Pensacola. I actually, I actually did walk on the Florida Trail for a minute yeah. uh, because on my one day off, I, uh, I went out to the barrier island there that, that um, goes from like Destin all the way to Pensacola. There's this large barrier island. Uh, a fair portion of it is part of the um, Gulf Islands National Seashore. And yeah, so I went out there and drove drove all the way down to uh, Fort Pickens and did some hiking around in the in the uh, the park there, okay. up and down the beach, <laughs> did some swimming. It's a super pretty area of Florida. Were you rollerblading? I was not rollerblading. Uh, uh, why weren't nor, you rollerblading? I, you know, I haven't had any rollerblades <laughs> since like the nineties. So. Uh, they're they're probably in a, you know they're Wrong. probably somewhere in a not in a closet right with my fanny pack and. Uh, Something else. And your the, American flag bandana. Something brightly Just colored. Just get them both out of the pink. closet when you can. Play some Skinner. Come on. I'll tell you, every time I see a piece of the Florida Trail, I, I want to hike it more and more. In and, August. And this is coming from a guy who, who originally, his opinion on the, the Florida Trail was, yeah, but why? Yeah. And, yeah well, and, and now I'm like, yeah, I would hike the Florida Trail. Yeah. Um, I have been continuing my lake bagging. Hey now, talk to us. I went up to Rito, Rito Alto Lake, which was one of the many lakes in the Sangres that I haven't been to yet. Rito, and it was uh, not as Alto. impressive as the other lakes, which is too bad because it was the farthest lake that I've hiked to in the Sangres because they're all like around five miles. But this one was, and part of it's it's, it's it's kind of a dry year. It was just kind of like not as impressive as the other lakes I've been to. Have been it was so low. beautiful. It was a little low. Yeah. Have you been to Cottonwood Lake lately? I haven't. That's on the way to Rito Alto. Well, it's kind of like on the other side of the pass. Yes. But you should go to Cottonwood Lake. It's better? It's much better. Okay. So much So anyway, but it was fine because it was the day before school started and I just wanted to get out and... Can you tell what happened at the end of that hike? Something very, very important Um, that involved a lot of driving on my part. Oh, yeah. So I forgot about that. Uh Uh-oh. So we got down to the trailhead. We got down to the trailhead. Where were your keys? And we, no, we decided to soak our feet in the creek. 
As you do at the end of a 14 So we got out of the day. creek. We took our sure. shoes off. We soaked our feet. Then we walked back up to the car. We sat there, had our sparkling waters and our carrot sticks. <laughs> we did. <laughs> As you do when you're on elimination. I like that somehow you talked to us about like why somehow you just sounded wide. sounded like really bougie and also really annoyed. At wait, the same wait, 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 wait. Salty, why <laughs> did it. these two drink sparkling waters and eat carrot sticks at the end of the day? Salty, Sal- tell us. I think they should tell you about it. Yeah. Salty's we'll behind see. the whole we'll, reason I they're not she, drinking we'll, beer. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it. that in a minute. But PUD. But, but but actually, I will say that I actually love eating carrot sticks all the time. So whatever. Wrong. Do you want to hear a secret? And I usually bring an <laughs> apple for the end anyway. It's my you know finish apple. Yes. I've got some carrot juice in the car right now. Oh, I'm not a big fan of carrot juice. What's wrong with you? I know. Just like I like bananas, oh, but I hate special. bananas. Special. I'll drink your carrot juice before I pedal home. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we went back up to the car. And then we're like, all right, let's go home. And then we drove home. We gave some Colorado trail hikers a ride to the hostel. And then we got home and Disco immediately opened the back of the truck and was like, where are our trekking poles? Oh, no. Oh, we no. left them down by the creek we when we soaked our creek. feet. And so then we were both like, well, those ones are really old. We've had those for years and years. Maybe it's time to get new ones. And we went inside, took showers, and then we were on the computer looking up the trekking poles to see how much they cost. And we were like, maybe we'll go back and get them. Yep. I was like, I think, uh, I, I think I'd rather not spend $300 on two sets yep. of trekking poles. So I'm just going to drive yeah. an hour back to the trailhead tomorrow and, an, and hour. an hour back to Salida. And then the worst part is that, so he did. He got up because I had to go to school. So he got up and immediately got in the truck, drove down there and was like, yes, triumphant. I got the poles and damn it. Now I have to take a big dump. Oh, oh there's no privy there. Yeah. And you had no paper. But I was very L and T. No, I had I had paper in my Jeep, which it's I just a bummer when you like have to go back for your poles and then you actually have to. I know, mean, take yeah. a trail I, back I'm all I gotta say Better is, being is work. what's what's this talk of paper? Ah, come on, Backcountry bidet, guys. I know, I know. Get get with the program. I wasn't planning on pooping while I was down there. Come on. It was supposed to be a grab the poles and go. Grab the poles and roll. He wasn't gonna. You know, withdraw and also make a deposit, but that's yeah. how it worked out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is it, we're talking about trips right now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Trips and cool. turds. You know. Next new segment. <laughs> <laughs> trips and turds. Wow, that's uh... trips and turds. A new trail show segment. Do so, we have music for so, this new? So trail that's going to feature squat. I, I actually do have a new trail show segment. I think we should start doing. Wait a minute, but it's not trips and turds, is it? <laughs> no, no. Okay, but we, might, but we can, can we, change it to that. But just can for we? Fun, well, and we still have like four more trips. We got like four more trips. Uh, uh, okay, okay who's next? Who's okay, next? whoever's next. Just remember, you have to add somehow add turd into your story. That's right. Pod okay, like out of order. You're next. Tell us about your poo with a view. I I took a great trip. I went to hike the Teton Crest Trail. With my girlfriend. It was her second ever backpacking trip. She did great. Nice. Uh, We we saw a bear. We had a bear walk through our campsite, which was... At night? No. It was in the afternoon. We had set it up camp. And did it poop there? No. Oh, the turd comes later. Did it poop on your head? No. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) That's good luck. Yeah. Uh, But then we just moved to camp because... Wait, bear pooping on head is good luck? (laughs) Let the man tell his story. Come on. But no, the Teton Crest Trail is great. Uh, if you were looking for a solid 35 to 40 mile hike, go for it. I will say this. This is how poop is related is that <laughs> you have to have a bear canister in the Tetons. Uh, you had to poop and in your bear can? 
and carry no. it out, man. Oh. As the food goes out, but the poop the ranger goes in. Clearly yeah. stated that you do not need to poo- put your your bag of used toilet paper inside the bear can at night. Oh, you okay. Keep it outside, well, that was so nice of him. See, he hasn't gotten the memo about the backcountry bidet either. I put my I put my poo paper in my op sack at night. I mean, it's well, not just like free, you. you know, just like <laughs> wadded up and thrown in there, but I put it in my with my trash and I put my trash bag in I it. like to mi- I like to put it in the one gallon Ziploc that contains my loose trail mix that's that's usually where <laughs> I store that's where yeah, I that's store that that bag yeah okay so it was good yeah it was great. awesome it was great a little smoky but that's yeah. the west yeah. so last weekend uh POD and I hiked up Colorado's highest 13er anyone know what that is grizzly have you been up it? Is that uh, it's on the just, show sheet? Is that uh, oh. by Loveland Pass? <laughs> no, it's actually near Twin Lakes. I think there are oh, several Grizzly there Peaks. There are many Grizzly yeah. Peaks. I was and, thinking of the Grizzly yeah. by Loveland Pass. But There's a couple know. of 14ers that if we just went up yeah. and pushed a few rocks over, they'd be the highest 13ers. Yep. Yeah. yeah, interesting. I didn't know the Grizzly by, what did you say? It's by La Plata. It's, yeah, it's no, near La Plata. No it's 13,988 feet, Dilo. That's the highest 13er in the yes. state? Yes. Nice. Very if good. If we go stack rocks on it, can then we adopt it as the trail? You could, but 14er? you'd have to stack 12. <laughs> this this 14er stack brought to you. No, literally brought rocks, to you. Man. By the 12 feet of rocks is a lot of rocks it to is. stack. It it's is. a lot of rocks to stack. You guys can raise all the money to build that new trail up there. Uh, so yeah. there is no trail. There <laughs> yeah. is there is, there is no once you get to the ridge. Yeah, I guess that's totally. a trail. It's a totally used trail. Yeah. It's a great trail. Uh, great, really? It's defined. You can see where it goes. I'll follow it. I call that a trail. Yeah. Yeah. But to get to yeah. the ridge, there is there's no trail. We actually it was interesting. So we didn't see anybody. Until we we started getting up on on the side of this mountain, and you're kind of side healing and you're sliding, and it's a little sketch. And then we see this guy who's like not on the route that that we're supposedly on, which is supposedly the correct route. He's like over in this. Yeah, he was in a couloir. I think that's supposed to be the winter route. Yeah, but it was. But it's not winter. Yeah, and he looked a little perplexed and a little. He was getting ready to have like a maybe a panic sort of situation, and then I think the fact that he saw us, he was able to calm down, and he actually like started walking towards us, and then he got on the same route we were on, and didn't he like basically say he was getting ready to have a freak out? Yeah, or something? he said he was feeling really freaked out, and like that feeling of I can't go up, but he felt scared to go down because that that where he went up is really difficult to go up. Yeah. But turning around because you're scared or you've lost confidence to go back down is as scary. Sure. You know? So Yeah. So I think that just by me and POD being there, we kinda and he summited. Like he yeah. came up right behind us and we talked to him and you know, it was cool. But I think we helped him along yep. a little bit. You I saved his just summit. by being saved there. We life, saved his maybe. I don't know. And <laughs> two years ago I tried to do Grizzly. And I you that's got shut down. That's when I thought I was going to die because I almost got hit by lightning. Oh, yeah. That, that, when, that, which, what was the trip but, that made you so freaked out about altitude sickness? That I've never been freaked out about altitude sickness. I got freaked out about heat and cold. That's Are you sure? Yeah. Because I seem to remember before the gathering last year, 
you you were giving me like all all of this like mom advice about how to not get altitude nah. sickness. Well, I give a lot of people mom advice about altitude <laughs> sickness because I've seen a lot of it living in Crested yeah. Butte. Yeah, but I don't get I don't I mean I've gotten it. It was just weird to me because me you mentioned it to me like four times, and I was like, POD. I'm I think I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I I had a very similar experience happen to me um, where I was trying to hike up a peak that was. A little bit above my skill set. Yeah. On the Pacific Crest Trail. That was not my experience. Well, that's not th- what I was. That was the other gentleman's experience. <laughs> oh, okay. It was the like, other gentleman's mine was lightning. experience was lightning like, is outside of my control. Like, where am I? Why am I here? Oh, there's people here. Let me go talk to them. Oh, hi. And then he felt confident. Right. Dilo Mount Thilson? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Have I talked about this before? No, but. That typically, that That's peak is really close to the trail, yeah. and a lot of people so, have the same experience. So I went up my, I tried to go up Mount Thielsen in 1998 when I was not on the Pacific Crest Trail, and I got to the crux, and I was like, uh, yeah, no, thank you. Like, what are you, are you serious? Like, class four? Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, this is a 50-foot vertical drop. Like, there's, you, you go up this thing, and you don't, and you fall, you're dead, right? Yeah. And so I didn't go up it. So, two thousand two, I'm back there. The same thing. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this this time. <laughs> and I go up there, and I'm by myself. And I go up there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna die. And yeah, I think I'll just go back. And then all of a sudden, this other guy comes up, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, you, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm heading up here. And he just goes. And mm. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, sure. And I just kind of followed him up, and I did it, and I went up there, and I was like. Okay, <laughs> he, he saved your summit. Yeah, he like he he basically because I saw somebody else do it. I said, you know what? Yeah, I think I can do this. And it was treacherous, and yeah. if you fell, you would have died. But I did it. How was going down? Yeah, you know, sometimes you die a little. I don't really remember going down too much because I think the, the you know the hard part <laughs> was just it out. yeah. Maybe I did kind of block it out but you know i went up and i came down and here i am today and and i i thank that gentleman whose name i have no idea who it is mm. i think it was fred yeah. yeah salty i know you've been you've been out there a lot what's what's the latest what kind you? of turd trips have you had <laughs> turd trip. yeah so i i did a couple more peaks i did um challenger point and kit carson in the sangres that yeah. was a really good yeah. hike yep <laughs> uh willow lake is up there POD yeah. has been there. That's some good lake bagging. So beautiful. Yeah. It's about four miles in on that hike. That was awesome. Um, There's nice. a lot of trail work going on up there as well on mm-hmm. Challenger Point. Um, yeah, it's like a total scree field uh, up near the summit of that one. And then you can take a saddle over to Kit Carson. But yeah, that was a really nice hike. It's about, I don't know, 14 and a half miles to do it from the parking lot and back. Like 6,000 or 6,200 feet. Of gain, so wow, yeah. that's huge so game. That's a big day. It's a good hike. Huge, uh, game. and then I did long speak a couple more times just because it's close. A couple and more times. How, yeah. many, how many times like, you, you wake up in the morning and <laughs> just like, oh, let me go up there. No, it's like, going to be clear today. It would be like Saturday afternoon after work, and I'd be like, no, I'm going to stay home and get some work done this weekend, but not be able to do that. And like, well, if I just go to Long's Peak, that's only an hour and a half away, and I can hike it and uh, be back down by. You know, one o'clock on Sunday. Would you camp on the way? Uh, usually, I would drive up and just sleep in the back of my car. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then um, peek back it on Sunday, type of thing. Yep. How many times have you been up Longs this summer? Uh, just three. 
But it's, <laughs> no, it's nice though because it's like the closest Just place three. where I can get like five thousand feet of gain, you know, within uh, okay like seven. And you're kind of in miles. training mode right I'm now. Actually, too, right? Right? It's just fun though. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I've, just, a, I've often said like when I don't have time to go do something, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll just go up Shavana tomorrow. You yeah, know, like it's yeah. right there. Yeah, it's Whatever. so nice up to be up above tree line. Yeah. Pod, how many Alpine? times have you? I've been only up done Shavana? it once because oh, then I'm like, nah, never mind. I'm gonna do this other thing. But I totally understand what you're yeah. saying. Well, and I know, yeah, I'm not going to be, this is like the end of my summer in, Col- like my hiking season in Colorado this summer, you know, because I'm leaving at the end of the month. So it's like, you know, get it, get above Alpine. Wait, where it. are you going at the end of the month? Uh, to do the Oregon Desert Trail. If you had been here at the beginning of the show. I was not yeah. here at the beginning <laughs> of the show. Brian, what kind of trips have you taken lately? Yeah. Anything in the last couple of weeks worth mentioning? Uh, not surprisingly, all of my trips recently have been uh, fourteen related. <laughs> this is our, okay. our extremely busy season, so sure, sure. Uh, I get to get out in the field f- to manage our infrared trail counters that we have. Okay. Uh, so I go out in the spring and I install these trail counters uh, along various routes. This year we've got twenty-two different peaks. Check on those periodically throughout the summer. So sometimes actually hitting multiple peaks in a day, like I can put on the trail runners and uh, run up. Mount Sherman, drive over to Mount Democrat, run up there, oh, drive nice. over to Grayson Tories, do that. Now, the infrared counters, do you have them just like on the summit or do you have them at multiple points of the trail? Or uh, There are generally only one counter on each individual route. Mount Elbert actually has three different routes, so we have three counters, okay. one on each. Uh, they're generally at least two miles in to each trail okay. so that people are kind of dedicated at that point to going to the summit. They're not just looky-loos who are getting out of the car and taking a picture <laughs> of the summit and then getting back in. I, bought my, I brought my eight-ounce water bottle and my jeans exactly. versus the summit. And my blowtorch. So, <laughs> yeah, blow the next few months before <laughs> we get some Th- snow, thank you. I'll be uh, cruising back out to all those cool. peaks. Cool. Oh, nice. So. That's a nice perk of the job. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I get to go hike and... San Juans and the Sangres, and we've we've got them all over the state. Sounds so. sounds terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a you're doing good. You're doing yeah. good work, though. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you come through Salida, you should come have some beers on our porch. Yeah, yeah. I'll be passing through Salida for sure, multiple times. <laughs> yeah, we live uh, pretty close to downtown, so sweet. Come on over. We'll give you some Florida Trail stickers and some beer, and uh, <laughs> it'll I'd be appre- awesome. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think we've covered trips. Um, I think we have. My trip has not been discussed. <gasps> oh, oh my god! Oh. It's just that you chimed in on everyone else's trips. So I think that I should mean, count. But yours we was actually. You went on a trip. Yours was an incident, <laughs> right, Dilo? There was an incident. My trip turned into an incident. Okay, talk to us. So, we went on a family camping trip. Can you speed up the? Speed of your speech. Yeah, the cadence. The cadence, <laughs> yeah. the tempo needs to Less increase. Moon kids be more like. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, Moon kid, we, we're just kidding. We, uh, we didn't think you talked slow <laughs> no, at all. He doesn't have the good accent to make it worth the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all right, so we're camping at Lake Granby, which is a monstrous reservoir. Um, Over near Grand Lake, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just south of Grand Lake. And, and, Lake Granby has humongous winds because it's just flat. You've got the Indian Peaks on the right side of you. You've got nothing on the left side of you. The winds just howl across this 30-mile-long reservoir. It's insane. So we're at this peninsula. We're camped there. 
there are no trees because at the campground, the developed campground we were at, they cut them all down because they were all dead from pine beetles and they didn't want them to fall on campers and have campers, you know, file lawsuits against the camp company and that type of thing. So there were no trees. It was hot as, and we were at 8,000 feet and the winds were howling. So I borrowed this shade shelter from my friend who had reserved the campsite for a week and he was only there for the first half. He was he was only there for the second half of the first week. So I was there for the first half of the first week, right? Actually, he didn't reserve for two weeks, so he just reserved for one week. But whatever, you get the picture. Nice hat. So we went for a hike, four mile hike around Monarch Lake, which is a lovely, very kid friendly hike. My son, towards the end, was just kind of you know, yeah. Why are we still? Alive? Was he hangry? Yeah, a little bit, probably, because he doesn't eat enough protein. But that's his Pro- own fault, and I can't help him with that. <laughs> the boy, <laughs> just give him a couple. Need to eat some protein, some, man. Some, Salty, I, I you know what I'm talking about. The kid needs to eat some bars. protein. Hey, All he bars. wants to eat is sugar. <laughs> sugar balance. Yeah. Give him some salmon so, bars. D-Lo, yeah, Dilo, yeah. we got about two more minutes of your right. story, and then yeah. I'm unplugging your mic. Okay, that's <laughs> no problem. I, I could totally finish this in two minutes. Like, even if I talk to you directly right now about how you just accosted me about <laughs> trying to finish this up more faster than I'm about to. But I'm not about to do that because this is a great story, and I'm going to continue telling it. Okay, go. Because our listeners would probably prefer to hear this than Wait, rather I forgot the beginning. Now. Lee Granby. talk about reading beer labels. Four Mile right? Hike. Yeah. Wait, so, where are you? Here we are. Where are you? <laughs> are you <at? laughs> so we do this hike around Monarch Lake, which is a very, you know, it's a four-mile hike. Six-year-old, loved it, sort of, not really. We fed him some ice cream. He was good. After the six-mile hike, we're all hanging out at the, ta- at the picnic table at our campground. We're on a peninsula. We've got two bodies of water, one on this side, one on the other, right? Yeah. It's a peninsula. There's three sides of water on a peninsula. <laughs> Thanks we're- for telling us what a peninsula <laughs> yeah, yeah, is. We're aware. Yeah. Okay. Can, can we so, get out the trail show dictionary? It's so hot. There's no trees. They've all been eaten by the pine beetles. We're there. We're eating tortilla chips and salsa. Oh okay. With old El Paso. <laughs> yeah, what? what? Paso. W- w- was it like white Taco tortilla chips or like purple tortilla chips? Was there maltodextrin I mean? in the salsa? No, no, no. Please continue. All of a sudden. Did you sprinkle some El Paso? A gigantic gust of wind comes and we have this extremely decrepit shade shelter set up above us. And by extremely decrepit, I mean this shade shelter has three legs. What? The fourth leg is a broomstick that's duct taped to half of the third leg. And it's insane. It's just like so decrepit. And I bought it for my friend who's coming up the second half of the week that we're there. All of a sudden, a gust of wind comes in. And we're just eating. We're just eating tortilla chips. And we watch the shade shelter blow up from over our head and smash against the fence and then topple down 20 feet into the reservoir below us. And and I said, you left a trace. Holy shit. And my six-year-old son looks at me and says, dad, you just swore. (laughs) And his mom was like, remember, Leo, when a catastrophe happens, that's when you can swear. Oh, no. And so Leo is just very confused because all of a sudden he hears his dad say, oh, shit. 
as the shade shelter just flies above us and flows and smashes against the fence and bangs into the wooden fence that's there to protect people from falling over the 20-foot drop into the reservoir that's down below the fence. Yeah. And topples down at the reservoir. And his son, his younger brother, Mateo, was just kind of like... crying just very confused <laughs> leo was just like why did you guys just swear and all of a sudden at that moment our neighbors at the other campsite who were already drinking not like we weren't but they were already drinking and they run over and they're like you guys need some help and and all of a sudden i've got bikini clad ladies super buff men all these like youngsters who were like 15 years younger than me and in way better shape than me helping me wrestle the shade shelter out of the reservoir so that we didn't leave a trace, P.O.D. We wrestled this thing up the scree slope. Yeah. We pull it back up there, and I'm like, yeah, this thing is done. And I fold it up, get it folded up into a nice compactable thing, and drop it in the dumpster. <laughs> D- D-Lo, that would have been a way better story if you lit that thing on fire with a blowtorch. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's it? You, you threw it away? Yeah, I threw it away. And the next day, we went into town, and we bought another one. And we, we left it. The best part about the story is we left this brand new, super high-end shade shelter, which, by the way, was $30 off on sale for July 4th holiday at the, at the uh, Ace Hardware in Granby, Colorado, which I was very thankful for. Thank God. I was wondering about that. Yeah. yeah. $30 off. Normally $100. July 3rd, $70. Many thanks, Granby, Colorado. <laughs> By the way, I highly recommend everybody vacation in Granby, Colorado oh, if they man. have the chance right. to. Cut his mic, Peter. By the way, <laughs> anyway, Pull the hey, plug. hey, you get your brand new shade shelter in Granby, Colorado. All right. Trips are over. Uh, yeah. Ooh. We're moving and, on. But by the way, wait, wait, don't don't whack the tubes yet. Okay, what do you got? To this day, I reserve the right to borrow the brand new shade shelter from my friend whose shade shelter that had demised I had replaced. All right. iTunes top five is not happening tonight. Oh. Media review is gonna be tabled until next month. However, I do have a media recommendation. Based on a really good podcast I listened to just last week. So the podcast is called Backpacker Radio. Some of you probably already know about it if you're listening to our show. It's a podcast put out by The Trek. Uh, It's from Zach Davis and Juliana Chauncey. It's episode number 17. And starting at minute 13, they interview a physical therapist, Dr. Emily Kelly, who's based out of Centennial, Colorado. Uh, about common hiker-related injuries and how to deal with them. And I would submit that if you're a long-distance hiker, you will want to listen to this segment because they go over a lot of the, you know, shin splints, tendonitis, uh, IT band issues, inflammation-related issues. Like, if you've had a hiking-related problem, they probably talk about it. And we've all got a hiking-related problem. Let's be real. (laughs) We do. Check it out. It's Backpacker Radio episode number 17. All right, we're coming in for the close. I think we've got Ask a Hiker. Oh, where are my questions? You got questions, D-Lo? My questions have disappeared. How many questions did you have this month? I got about 10. Okay. What do you got? Is that going to be okay? Because if not, I could just read the top two. Yeah. If you could read the second two. Yeah, just read the, uh, the middle two. Okay. Question number two. 
Ask a Hiker. Greetings, trail show hosts extraordinaire. Maintaining personal hygiene while walking long distances can be a struggle. One approach to combat dust and odor is regular dunkings and available water holes. For various reasons, one might want to, one might want to do this sans clothing. My question is about the ethics of swimming nude while in wilderness and other remote areas. Obviously, no soap would be involved. For LNT reasons, just washing with the universal solvent, water. Is it acceptable, acceptable to be nude in the wilds? Is it offensive and non-consensual to do so while others are present? Is there a difference in how one should behave based on their age and gender? What say you, hikers? Let's go read and Sobo CDT Seward AK. The question is about like should people jump in lakes or not? Yeah, to right? to wash their anus. Uh, wait, I thought it was about whether you whether the naked part was okay. I think it's both parts. Yeah, it's all parts. It's all parts. Basically, can you go in the or water? Or you just want to go swimming? Yeah. Do you have like all these sunscreens and mosquito repellents yeah. and all yeah, this toxic so stuff on you? Because that's that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, typically yeah. it's it's this is kind of the same as that poop question. You know, it, it might be fine if we, if all we had on us was just a little bit of sweat, but we've got DEET, we've got, yeah. you know, sunscreen, we've got gold bond. I don't know what the heck people are putting on themselves out there, but it's a lot of, there's products, you know. Yeah. Uh, so anytime you're introducing those foreign chemicals into the water, uh, it just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. I, I'd say, you know, if you want to, if you want to use the water from the lake, go ahead and like take your gallon Ziploc or whatever, get some water, cruise 200 feet away, clean up. Once you're like rid of all of those nasty chemicals and things, then yeah, like go ahead and get in the water. But using a a water source, particularly like a pond or a small lake or something like that to actually clean yourself when I'm going to be coming by afterwards to like fill up my water bottle and yeah. Yeah, I, I'd stay. I'd say probably still a good idea to do the cleaning itself, two hundred feet away from the water. As far as getting naked and jumping in, I'm personally okay with that. Just recognize, I'd say that there's people that aren't. If you're in the wilderness and there's no one around, it's probably not a big deal. If all of a sudden you start seeing people come up the trail, maybe maybe get a courtesy cloth and put it over your your junk. What more can I be think said? That's sound yeah, advice. That's pretty solid. Yep. All, right, all right, question number two. Bam! Actually, this is question number one. Should campsites be identified on apps? Recently, the TRTA requested that Guthook eliminate non-official campsites from the app, and Guthook complied. What do you think about this, from a hiker point of view, from a lead-no-trace perspective? Is it a best practice for trails? Here are some examples. On the Wonderland Trail, camps are not only identified, but mandatory. On the Colorado Trail, there are no campsites on the Guthook app when I hiked, but last year it was campsites are identified in their official guide. On the Pacific Crest Trail, where camps are identified at least through 2013 to 2016 when I hiked it in large trunks. And on the AT, where apparently they have constructed camp structures that haven't been on the AT. Sorry if some of the language is incongruent. It's okay. We know you were probably <laughs> drinking yeah. when you wrote it. No, I, I, just, I just actually cut and pasted it here. Uh, I'm currently hiking the Tahoe Rim Trail, and I am binge listening to your show. 
You're both entertaining and informative. Keep up the good work. Mike Evergreen Douglas. And before we answer Mike's question, I just want to mention, I forgot to mention this, that question number one was from Let's Go and Read, who are Sobo on the CDT this year. Yeah, that's... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We know. Okay. Many times. okay, very good. Yeah, they like to give us Ask a Hiker questions. All right, so... Should campsites be identified on apps? I don't... Uh, I don't really... I don't, think there, I, I don't think there's one answer here. Because, like, in yeah. some areas, you know, the land managers are going to want to push people to specific campsites, and then those probably should be listed on the apps. In other cases, there's places where maybe people are camping that are okay, but they are overused. Yeah. And I could see land managers wanting to, like, not necessarily advertise that, that those can be used as campsites just to reduce the uh, the level of impact. So, I think the issue, too, is that if you're, no matter what the app says or doesn't say, if you're going to be camping, the point is to make sure that when you leave, it doesn't look like you camped there, you know? Didn't you finish? And, and if everybody does that, then there's really no issue, you know? Unless you're bathing in the water. Back in my day, we didn't have all these newfangled fancy apps. We just had Wilderness Press guidebooks, and they didn't even have a scale on the map. I don't know about these apps. <laughs> we had... Well, and as far as that goes, yeah. you know, I, I feel like when we were on the PCT, when you want to figure out where you're going to camp for the night... You just look at the map and you're like, this area looks like it's going to be flat. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> fingers crossed it'll be yeah. good. And if not, two miles later, there's this area. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much how I like selected uh, my goal points for the day when like back in 2006. <laughs> yeah. There was yeah, certainly no apps. We had mm. pocket mail. <laughs> oh, Great. pocket mail. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. So we've got our monthly donors. We've got Bernard Wolf. Hey, gummy. Russ, not fuss, kinder. Just don't worry. Craig Pisco Gully. Pisco is, he's like full, full on Pisco now. What a guy. Yeah, he is. Chris Smith. Gringo. It's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Bobby Walters. The. 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 Joshua the. Bow Down the. to Ja Bowden. Josh. Special. Oh. Special. What? Bow Down. Ja Rastafari, one love. Selassie, Diane Pinkers. Pinkerstein. Stein. Who also sent us Hetty Topper once, didn't she? Yes, she was the first sender of the yeah. Hetty Topper. David Vitti. Hey. hey. Oh. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. Ain't no, no Lurch. Ingrid Gerard. Ingrid's. Ingrid Gerard is the one that sent us Hetty Topper. Yeah. The hey. OG. The original. HT. O-G-H-T. Yeah. Not, not I-G. O-G-H-T-I-G. Samuel Emery. The board. the board. The board. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hi, Rudy. Jeffrey, not Sessions Caldwell. Get it straight. Who, by the way, that's his Facebook name. It's Jeffrey, <laughs> not, not Sessions <laughs> Caldwell. Cottonmouth, I think, is his other trail name. Buddy Sessions, not Sessions. Session. Buddy. Who we recently met. He's yeah. part of the Colorado Trail and came and stayed with us. We got wow. to meet Buddy yeah. Sessions. That's fantastic. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, really cool. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Get on the trail. Steven the Hustler Russell. Um, disco. You got to know when to show no, him. That's right. Ammon the Brute Bruce. Brute. Trevor smoking, if you got it, the bowl, man. Oh, load it up. 
Renee, Shira, Patrick, who also just finished a through hike of the Sunshine Coast Trail. Hi, Shira. The SCT. Yep. Wesley, the Haggis Addict Greenwood. Eat more, oh, eat more haggis. Kevin yeah, Chick. Need. Yeah. Kevin Chick P. Cross and Sasha Honeydew Code. Oh, Salty. Wait a minute. Salty, I saw you look at us when we said eat more haggis. <laughs> no. <laughs> no <look>. Nothing. <laughs> nope. No comments. Okay. <laughs> Tebow, not Tim, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Tommy, the meat pop- popsicle Stevens. Ooh, that's. Any comments on the meat popsicle? Yeah. We've already made lots of comments. <laughs> no. Okay, one-offs. We've got Area Zoner. Hey. Wow. Hey. Big up Zoner. Whole yeah. food hiker. Yeah. Salty. Jos- Wait, Salty, have you met Area Zoner? We have talked online. Yes. I've never met him in person. Yes. Yeah. That's, He's doing good work. Awesome. Joseph the Riffer Silvio. The Riffer? The Riffer. Are you sure it's not the Riffer? No, it has something to do with guitars. <laughs> That's a different hiker. Yeah. Or, or just kind of like the Riffer. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, we had our beer sponsors tonight, and we've been yeah. get powering through a lot of those, even though Disco and I aren't partaking tonight, or Ugh. Salty either. Don't bring it up. I know. Uh, so we've Sad. got Troy, the roadie Rathbone. Roadie. Which is the coolest last name ever, by the way. <laughs> Rathbone? Come on. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you had to choose one bone in your body that was the <laughs> Rathbone, which one do you think it would be? Uh, huh. It'd be my C5, C6. Uh, <laughs> God. Here we is, go. is that the one that gives you the most wrath? Yeah. It is. I guess I was thinking it the is. other way. Yeah. But yeah, I liked your answer. Eric Moots. He brought us the, the New England beers. And many thanks, Moots. Richard Glasgow, who brought us the Pennsylvania, Ohio beers. Thank you, Rich. And Leokri, we're going to get into your um, meat next month. So. I like it. Well, and CFI donated trucker hats to us tonight. Yes, oh, yeah. which we are fantastic. Yeah. We're sporting uh, right now. They're quite yeah. breaking mine in. Quite styly. Yeah, yeah, they're really. Thank nice. you, Brian. Nice. I'm going to add it to my my hat collection. All right, we're coming in for the clothes, ladies and gentlemen. Three. Wait, the two. clothes? No, it can't be done yet. No, you you want to keep going? We haven't talked about tent stakes. Ooh. Oh, Rip. different music. Thanks for reminding me. All right. All right. This is the part of the show where we talk about tin stakes. And, uh, and, and for those of you who may have missed last month's show, uh, so we're, we're kind of changing up the, the tent stake review here. Um, at this point, we're, we're going to start transitioning into things you can do with a tent stake. No the way. multi-purpose. The, That's right. That secondary use of it. So um, today I've got one. That these are actually useful in your first aid kit. So uh, as a splint for uh, finger injuries or other like small, (laughs) small bone injuries. (laughs) Yeah. uh, True. Particularly, you know, those DAC ones that come in like the V cross section. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones are great for being able to like nicely cradle a finger. But first you want to take like some, some, uh, some gauze or some sort of fabric and and wrap that thing once so that you're not like metal on skin. Ah, yes. Yeah. And then. And then you can go ahead and you know mm. duct tape or whatever you, you need to do to get that that finger on the on that splint. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, tent stake yeah. is a splint. Tent stake as a splint. Yeah. If you uh, if you in in Trail Show Nation have any uh, unique ideas for ways to use a tent stake, fire them off this way. Nice. nice. Okay. okay. Now we can end the show. Now we can come in. Thank for... Thank God. Oh Good Lord. Lord. <laughs> We made it. Oh, my God. Thanks to everybody for tuning in today. A big thanks to Nemo for schooling us on the Sunshine Coast Trail. Uh, Just a a quick shout out. Yes. Nemo uh, holds a special place in my heart because she gave me my name. 
Her, oh. her and her oh. friend T-Bird named me on like the very beginning of my first PCT hike. Why nice. did they give you the name they gave you? Because I was a, I was being a smartass. So Nemo Nemo's name is actually or was Nemo, which was Latin for no name. Okay. And she was telling the story about how she got her trail name, and she said something along the lines of, "You know, I feel like if you're out on the hiking the trails, you're already cool, you're already special, you don't need a name." Mm. And and I'm an an idiot so i immediately chimed in with like well i'm special because my mommy said so <laughs> and so that was pretty much the beginning of the end for me i i resisted for a while but yeah. uh but they they persisted and eventually i relented and they nice. kept they were now calling I'm you special, special. okay yeah. thanks goes to salty for helping answer some trail nutrition questions this yeah. evening salty and you can send in future trail nutrition say that 10 times fast trail nutrition questions to info at thetrailshow.com and we will forward them to Salty and be sure to check out her website at katiegerber.com big thanks yeah. to Brian Sargent of CFI for yeah. guessing with us today mucho appreciation and all the work they do man protecting yeah. Yeah. the no, no, no. Of Colorado check out hikeable. check out the Colorado 14ers initiative at 14ers.org and donate to help make the 14ers great again Give him that money, oh, y'all. Oh, Is that not the tagline? No, it's no. not. It's not. Oh, no. I'm s- I'm they, they've always been great, Disco. You they fan. never lapsed from okay. their greatness. Uh, 14ers.org. Okay. A large thanks again to Rody, Eric Moots, and Richard Glasgow for the beer donation, which we have put to great use this evening. Some As of us. You can tell. Some more so than Some others. Uh, thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a koozie and some stickers for a $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com on Twitter at Trail Show, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show, on the Stitcher app, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. You should probably try to find us on MySpace, but we're not there. <laughs> we're, yeah, we, we abandoned our account. <laughs> Another trail show is coming, gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, Special 41, Triple O, Salty, and Nemo, I'm Disco. And Brian. And Brian. Ciao. Ciao. (laughs) And thank you. Go find yourself a nice poo with a view. And thank you to (laughs) Out of Order for officially becoming our fifth chair. Oh, yeah. Be sure to... Thank you, S- sir. Send your welcomes to Out of Order at the Trail Show. <laughs> or send your poo to him. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Put it no. In the mail. no. It's no. like recording Double with a two-year-old. No. Double bag. Pack it, it out, people. Did but you pack yeah. it in? Pack, pack it out. out. And then what, send it what to What about these order. shells? Did you pack it in? Pack this it out. What Kim? about this? Pack it out. Pack. Pack it out. Someone needs to pack Dilo out. Pack it out. I'm not talking right now. That's sure. <laughs> my knees blew up like an Italian grandma. I'm not going to die, but my toes might. Oh, man. Go with the hot, because you're a man. In Peru. All right, we've got a uh, <laughs> whoa. We've got we've got Mr. Brian Sargent here in studio. Oh, oh my God! Oh. Come on, oh. hey, feeling oh. nothing. Oh. There's nothing.
Goodness. Nothing happened. This is actually the second beer. This is the second beer. But I didn't spill any beer this week. This beer did not spill. You should notice. That can't be my intro as a book.